Okay, so anyway, after our important discussion about world economics and how Blink-182 have shaped, shaped the trends for the last two decades, let's talk about some media, shall we? Welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 95. You've just joined me and Ant in a very intellectual discussion, and pro or con? What? Pro or con? <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't like it. Con. So con? Yeah. You're against saving the lives of babies? Yeah. Fair enough. Well, they brought themselves into this world. world's overpopulated. I say that the government needs to endorse in my baby sack. So you've seen Friday the 13th, right? I don't think and anyone wants to go near your baby sack. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other one. So you've seen Friday the 13th Part 2 or purse. Friday the 13th 3 or Which one? Jason X. Which one are you on about? So Jason X has it in it, I know, but I think one of them had it cut from the actual film. So anyway, my baby sack is a special sack designed so that you can you can do all your baby swinging against a tree or stamping on or whatever you need to do mm. inside of a waterproof sack. That means that none of the offal left over from your... Jason X. Pardon? It's in Jason, Jason X. X. Yeah. It's in the remake, and yeah. it's um, from Friday the 13th, part three? Yeah, I think it's part three, but it yeah. was cut. No, it's in the film. No, it's not in the film. It's not in the original theatrical cut. No, it's not. I will say poo-poo to you for lying. Nothing. It's not in there. It's not in there. Anyway, so my sack is waterproof. So when you need to smash... So you, can't, you can use it for other things... It doesn't just need to be babies you're putting in there. If you don't want to use it for its original purposes, you can take some fruit, as long as it's peeled, chuck your fruit in there, swing it against a tree, got a delicious there's a little, smoothie. There's a little port to pull the drink back no. out of, like a little tap you want to do and it pours the drink out. No, but there is a drawstring. You have to go in and lap it all there up. There is a drawstring that can be set at either mid-length or around... Head size. <laughs> or... Yeah, it's actually... Or baby head size. Yeah. If you said it's a baby head size, you just various, put a straw right in there. Various head sizes. Just Big ones, drink it right small out ones, there. some as big as your head. People just drink it right out of there. Yeah. yeah. yeah nice. What also you can use it as, if uh, if there's any military contractors listening, waterproof sleeping bag. But it does have a fault where it, it sort of... It's not waterproof. It, no, no. It's so waterproof that any fluids that are inside of there, so including the natural condensation of the human body and or your sweat urine. or urine or particularly wet poops, they will just gather in there mm. and never leave. Disgusting. I know. It's We're working on it. Mm. Like you said, that spigot idea is pretty good. We just chuck a little a little valve on there. We can get rid of that. Yeah. yeah, sure. yeah drainage for spigot. Yeah. yeah. We'll have R&D look into so it. So that's how you're starting this week. Well, my baby measure 2,000. Yeah. <laughs> the first time you laugh at this bit is when I say baby measure 2,000. It's very popular with Irish nuns. <laughs> well, we sold a fuck ton of them to Xerxes. What, no, the no, from, not Xerxes. The, the, the bag goes from 300. To uh, Gerard Butler's character, Leonardo. Leonidas, Leonardo. Yeah. Yeah. We sold a ton to him. Yeah. And then he put them in the film. He, he pours the madness babies, with Sparta quite often. He pours the well. babies right up on the hill. It was really good. Like, yeah. Just like, oh, another one for the sack. Greek men fuck children. Missing a toe. So <laughs> it's goes... how you're doing things, yeah. Fuck it. So starting it, baby fuck murder. It. Fuck. <laughs> or if you're a Christian, abortion. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I, still, I still don't know how. Like, Christians in their head, they think of an abortion clinic, and I bet they just see the flames of hell licking the walls and there's like a guy giggling not even abortion clinics they're clinics for getting fucking it's sexual health clinics yeah yeah. yeah. but 
In America, they're called abortion it's shit clinics. For your yeast infections. Yeah. In in America, they're called abortion clinics because that's what the Christians even, care about. It's like like one in like thirty do it. I want to see the one person who actually believes all this nut job shit that the, they keep going about. Like you know, well, my aunt posted a video of some pro lifer getting kicked in the face, <laughs> which she thought was brilliant. Wait, when you say pro lifer, do you mean pro choice? Pro choice one, yeah. Yeah. Like that, yeah. I was gonna say pro lifer getting kicked in the face. Mm-hmm. Funny, pro choice being kicked in the face. Sad and upsetting. Yeah. I laughed because I thought you meant one of those madcap Christian ladies that holds the science says, Yeah. I find it ridiculous. There is someone out there who believes all this shit. Like, and I think it might be Alex Jones, who has who has He's multiple, not relevant anymore. Who might have We don't even need to mention him. That's true. They might have multiple jars. I have more subscribers on YouTube than he has on Daily Motion. That's bad. So like yeah, I think bad. I think there is someone out there who has like collected their jars of semen and mm-hmm. they've marked it with the week or the month maybe I don't know how much they masturbate they marked it with the week or month and they've been freezing them to make sure they don't waste any lives because when freeze them yeah you can they'll die how do you think they freeze sperm cool how do you think they freeze sperm for people they keep to them cool they slow them down they well, yeah, freeze them well maybe he's got like a freezer that sets the right temperature and as they cool and they get to the right temperature to do this he then has they a thing tardigrades man alright anyway so yeah speaking of Christians or Christians I want to put this into brackets because we've spoken about religion before and I actually genuinely believe that religion can be a force for good but and I I say this quite quite specifically Humans will ruin almost everything. For some reason, and I I don't want to point fingers here, but we're English. Take curry, right? Curry is a delicious dish, normally quite spicy, full of flavour, comes in many different varieties. You bring curry over here, the English get curry, and what do we do? We add fucking raisins to it, and we make it so bland, it just tastes like custard on chicken. I'd never have Coronation chicken, mate. Yeah, no. Yeah, we made that. We have to deal with that shit. Yeah. Fucking Jesus Christ. What are we? What the fuck are we? I don't know, man. Nor do I. It's just fucking upset. I'm upset with all the humanity. I could do this for like an hour just talking about shit. Yeah, I know you can, but it's been seven minutes almost of nonsense, and it's supposed to be a show. You haven't even told people, introduced, you know, nothing. Just... I said it's Critical Apocalypse episode 95 rather than yeah, that's, that's, that's before the, the Baby Masher pitch. That's the entire... We're going to get a bunch of orders for the Baby Masher and you're going to look foolish. Yeah, oh, we actually have a giveaway. I have something I wanted to I wanted to do as a giveaway. Is it a It's an actual thing. Masher. No, it's not a Baby Masher. The Baby Masher right now is just one of my pillowcases with a black bag in it. With a picture of a kid. And, and who's like, baby? It's essentially it's essentially the Ghostbusters logo, but it's got the baby face behind the red. It's not got a baby in there. It's not a baby. It was. <laughs> oh, God. This went too dark too quick. This went too dark too quick. Huh. Shameful. Yeah, that's right. We'll talk about the giveaway at the end. Maybe now. Yeah, I've actually got something that I want to... I've got something that I can give away. All right, you'll forget yeah, I'll probably forget. Yeah. If I don't, then, you know. It's yeah. Halloween coming up soon, Ant. Oh. Are you going to talk about something scary to begin with? No. You're not going to review your recent diagnosis? No. Okay. I guess super chlamydia continues <laughs> to go unchecked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah All right, Ant, go, go quick. Please, God, put me on my misery. I haven't got my baby match. What's your... <laughs> Collect my tears in the baby match. They don't do an adult surgery. 
I've got a duvet cover. R&D. Yeah, we've got a duvet cover. Yeah. No, just get... Yeah. Improvise one. We need to get some black bags. I've got a double enough. one. You can put two people yeah, in Yeah, we need to get the black bags to fit. I mean, <laughs> black... <laughs> refuse sacks. I just <laughs> bought some today. Yeah, yeah. We'll double them up. 80 litre capacity, so you have to be mashed down first. Ooh. <laughs> so we're going to have to get chopped up and put in and bashed. We <laughs> wanted it. I really feel like the baby mash is going to go crazy. People are going to be buying him from Robert Dias in like a week. We might have to change the name. Potato masher? <laughs> it's because when I think about a drawing of a cartoon baby, the closest thing to it is a potato. Beans. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Bean masher. Yeah. You'll never be neat. No, wait. You'll never, you'll never bake bean it. There you go. Yeah, that... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I think I had a stroke there. All right, Anne, your first review. Right, um, I'll go start with thing. Um, thing. Cool. Um, I haven't played much massive amount of it, so it'll be a, just be like just treat it as first impressions. What's that thing? Um, WWE Two K Nineteen. <gasps> when I say I haven't played a massive amount of it, I've played about six hours or so. But the thing is, with these bloody games, it's it takes like ten years before you've seen. I'm still stuff playing. in the game. I'm still playing Two K Seventeen. No, you're not. You're not playing any of them. Yeah, I have it on the Xbox. They gave oh, it away dude. one month. But um, yeah, Two K Two K Nineteen. Um. So, so far, I've only played, like, little bits here and there. The wrestling is basically the same as last year's one. There's not really much different other than they've added these um, new payback system where, like, as you get beaten down... You know, remember how the super moves used to work on Street Fighter when you took damage, your super meter would build up? Yeah, it'd go up more if you yeah. did, took damage rather than get punched or yeah. block, yeah. But um, it's like that. You build up these two little icons, and one of them will be, like, a one you can use multiple times in the match. So, like, I've got it set on one which gives you an extra reversal because you can have like a limited amount of reversals and you know sometimes the matches is like you trying to knock down your opponent's reversals get them to reverse moves so that you can so they can't reverse for a while so you can beat the shit out of them yeah but this lets you you know one of the, one of the ones I've got you going on is one where it gives you an extra reversal um, and the other one's like a more powerful thing so like for a limited amount of time it'll make you reverse everything your opponent throws at you or the one I've got in the story mode lets me charge up my fist and it's glowing like a Iron Fist or something and I can just clobber people in the face and you can keep doing it for like 50 seconds. Yeah. Just keep powering it up, pick them up, twat them. <laughs> it's, like, it's quite good. Um, but yeah, that's the only real difference to the way the wrestling handles in it. Um, they've done little things here and there to some of the matches like Hell in a Cell's finally a proper sized Hell in a Cell that's right to scale. It's not a weird thing and you can actually smash people through any of the sides at the front bottom end of the cell like it used to be years ago. Yeah. Um, for a couple of years you had to build up like special moves and drag your opponent to it and prop them up and that's just boring you just want to smack someone into it until you can break through like you could in the old days and the top of the cell looks like the top of the cell for once they managed to put four four segments over the ring you can smash through which for some reason in previous years it's been one segment like it was some big problem to just have four bits to smash through Mm -hmm. it was weird or it was two segments in the last couple of games but anyway that's that's the only real changes to the gameplay wise everything else is like just they've, they've like you can feel the budget's been stretched quite far but it is like better than last year. Um, the story mode in it, when you're playing for your career, it's called my career mode. Um, you create a wrestler at the start, and it's really basic. You don't have like tons of parts you can use because the idea is is that as you play through the career, you'll learn new parts and new moves and things like that to improve your wrestler. So he develops as you go through. Because it'd be a bit weird if you're starting off as like in this storyline, you start off as an indie wrestler in a no-name indie league wrestling in like school halls. So it'd be a bit weird if you had like a big expensive outfit and a flashy entrance and all this stuff. So you start off with crappy things. And as you go through, you're not new stuff. Um, but the story's like 
kind of like, you know those NBA and FIFA story modes they've been doing? Yeah, the ones where it's actually like a story instead of just being a yeah. progression tree. Yeah, they've done it like that. It does, like You can feel the budget being stretched because it is like the camera doesn't move, doesn't cut too often. It does the whole, like, I guess to try and mimic the single camera setup of a WWE show. Yeah. But it's also not really presented like a WWE show. It's presented like a TV, like a like you're watching some TV series, so it's all you know scenes and cutscenes and the characters acting more naturally around each other. The two main guys in it, like your your wrestler, um, he's called, he gets called Buzz in the storyline, um, yeah. even though your name will come up as like whatever you chose for him. Yeah. Um, and his buddy, who's called Cole Quinn, who's um constantly trying to come up with new gimmicks for himself because nothing seems to be working, but he's supposed to be talented but not gimmick hasn't got a good gimmick. Um, those two guys have got real good charisma together, and the main guy's like genuinely good actor. Like, I think he's an indie wrestler from uh, in uh, from a league in America, a group in America called Headstrong. I think it was or something like that. Yeah, Headstrong, gonna take you on. Um, <laughs> Do you start off in like one of those Christian, no, you know, the the no. Bible rippers? You know, not the Bible, no, but they rip no. phone. They don't watch and... wrestling. Do they not? No, the oh. inbreds watch wrestling. No, you, you're being led by a guy called Baron Blade who runs it, and Baron Blade's a fictional character who's cropped up in a bunch of the WWE games over the years. Okay. He's usually been working as like an agent in WWE or something, or a jobber, and yeah. here he's a bit overweight and a bit older, and he's like your boss. And there's like betrayals and stuff happen, and you start invading NXT. You sort of, you're supposed to get a contract there, and someone attacks you, and he gets caught on camera, and that Triple H takes away your contract because you've, you know, made WWE look foolish <laughs> instantly. And then the whole storyline like plays out as like a nice series of arcs and stuff but your main guy's got a good sense of humour and he's a bit he's just really happy to be there he's not one of these I'm gonna smash everything type guys he's like one of those like yeah. I'm excited to be here yeah he's all goofy and he's like he makes jokes he's got jokes he's got jokes he's got jokes he's not allowed to have jokes yeah Who and he lives out jokes? the back of his bug van blonde to his dad before his dad dies it's Aww. a rusty old bug van he sleeps in the back of it so this is basically yeah. the story of The Rock yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of the story of The Rock. It starts off with him putting up posters and some girl recognises him in the street and she's like, she goes, oh, you're the wrestler from the show. No, I'm not. He says, you're on the poster. It's not me. He's, I mean, I can see the resemblance. He's like super embarrassed that he's there <laughs> sticking up the posters with his bug van yeah. like next to him and everything. Um, I think the bug van gets damaged as it goes along and you can repair it because the window got broken and I chose to repair it. Yeah. And I sort of thought afterwards, I should just leave it and see if you can get more damage to it. It might be part of the story. Yeah, see if yeah. You, yeah, maybe you can fix it up and get a really nice bug van by the end of it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, quite impressed with how the story plays out. I've played through a fair bit of it and it's been fun. I'm on to the point where I'm on SmackDown now and yeah. doing shows. And there is a thing where, because those two main guys are so actually genuinely good, whenever you get a real wrestler come on, the dialogue feels really stilted. Because they, they're not actual actors. They're not, yeah, they're not. Even though Triple H was in Blade Trinity, <clears throat> he's not a great actor. Let's not talk about Blade That's Trinity. really harsh, isn't it? Um, bad. And I say about the budget feeling a bit stretched. The facial animations, you can see they're really good. They like they've motion captured facial animations. Yeah. But their frame rate on them is like 15 frames per second or something. It looks really jerky compared to everything else that's going on. Like their motions and the camera is all smooth and everything, but their facial animations are jerky. Like they've had to cut back frames to keep it within the budget for the for the game and so Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame that um, and sometimes some wrestlers when you talk to them like Kurt Angle when he turns up he sounds like he's recorded his lines over the phone like it's got a sort of like shit mic sound to it yeah. so I wonder if maybe they caught him at the show and recorded it backstage like and had to muffle out noises and stuff but um, yeah but the story made is it's good and it goes a lot quicker than last year's one and the rate you unlock stuff you have to buy card packs from 
you get tokens in the game to buy card packs with to randomly unlock items, but it chucks them at you. Like every time you finish a chapter and you get your XP and stuff, it chucks like so many of those at you. You'll be opening a whole bunch of packs and, you know, I can see it being pretty easy to unlock them. And there's no like, you still got that vir- vir- what they call virtual currency in the 2K games. Yeah. Um, which is always hovering in the corner to remind you it exists, but you can't buy it in these ones. They're just... Oh, so they've the removed microtransactions. There was no microtransactions in the last one. The last one was blatantly trying to get you used to the idea of microtransactions, though. But they never introduced them? No. Progress ah. was so slow in the last one that it was a nightmare. It was an absolute friggin' nightmare to make any progress in it. And it was like they were trying to make you think, oh, no, this is how it is. Yeah, this and is so next now. year, it's like, oh, we could just buy some points to do it. But this year, it's a lot quicker. And those virtual currencies, they only seem to unlock stuff. In There's like a purchasing menu to buy arenas and characters. Yeah. And it seems to be that they're the only things you unlock with those co- those co- those virtual currency. What arenas and characters? Yeah, and once you've done like, that, you're done. You don't, you don't get moves and stuff when you unlock a character. Do no, you? no. You, I think you get their moves for creating wrestler, but it's like, you know, there's not so many, and it wouldn't take long to actually get them all. I've unlocked all the arenas that you can buy from there. There's still other ones you unlock from playing the storyline. Okay. And there's some characters you unlock from playing the storyline and showcase mode. But even if like you haven't got enough of the credits that you, it's like a different currency, the credit yeah. thing for the card packs. You can do these gauntlet modes, and these ta- it's called tower mode, and it's like a run of gauntlet of matches, and you'll earn more of them, and it's like hmm. it's a lot quicker than before, much fairer. Um, yeah, because it's it, the problem with two K games is they're always quite sinister. They're always quite grindy. Yeah, you know, never used to be grindy. No, no, no. I remember when WWE games, you'd make your character, and it'll just go, just allocate as many points as you want, mate. Don't go for it. Um, it's this. I think you could make your wrestler quite overpowered in this. You have like. You have a bunch of skill trees, mm. and the skill trees are like when you work your way up, and it unlocks things like being able to do dives off ladders, being able to put people through tables and stuff. But also, each thing you unlock boosts your stats. So, like, you'll get increased the grapple strength, increased the reversal ability, and things like that. But on top of that, there's two separate trees which determine what type of wrestler you are. So, like, if you chose technician, you'll have two different types of re- technician wrestler. I've gone for, I think it was a shooter. Yeah. shoot wrestling and I think the other one was UK like um, power rest, power grappler or something like that UK so mat wrestler that sounds a bit like and I don't want to oversimplify this or make it so it's unreasonably difficult for anyone to understand what I'm saying um, it's a, it sounds a bit like DC Ultimate Online <laughs> it's got a lot to it yeah but there's also another set of skill trees yeah so as you go through you'll get these overcharge points and yeah. they build up that payback move that you get yeah so you're a more powerful one because you can get one of three they're exclusive to the story mode which yeah. is that glowy hand knock people down so you the can build that up there. Mode. yeah but um, yeah, yeah that all works fine the showcase mode I played for a little bit which is where you go through Daniel Bryan's career you get to wrestlers Bryan Danielson against John Cena in 2003 which That's is like awesome. super early super early match for him I don't think he's I don't think you actually get Bryan Danielson as a character though you get like Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan a few years later yeah. but it must be unlockable maybe you get it at the very end but apparently it's only 11 matches long, so I'll work my way through that That's at some a bit point. Disappointing. But, but it's you good do unlock extra Cena's stuff. There. Yeah, you unlock stuff like... There doesn't, it doesn't show you all the unlockables early on. So like when you go through the thing to choose what arenas you want, you can't see all the arenas. And the arenas you get in story mode, like the high school gym, the like wrestling Mexico in one bit, yeah. are all like there. Why is my phone going off like fucking crazy? Fucking people messaging me like crazy. Shut the fuck up. Um... But yeah, you they, you don't show them, so it's a bit of a surprise what you get. Like you get the um, NXT from two thousand and whatever it was arena when it was a basically their attempt to do some sort of reality show NXT. Yeah, where they had all these young wrestlers teamed with pros and they were supposed to get trained and all this bollocks. It was terrible. But that's how Danny Bryan got introduced. 
Um, but yeah, loads of loads of cool stuff in there. I'm liking it so far. Um, mm. It does, but like I say it just feels budgety. And the menus, um, they've chosen all the menus are white. Everything's got thin black outlines on it. So like the text is all thin black text, and when you're selecting stuff, they're in thin black squares. But when you highlight them, they turn red. But the thing is, is because it's a white background and you've got a bunch of black squares or something, yeah, the red isn't sticking out enough for your eyesight. So your eyes will make it look black. Because your eye just assumes that it's another black square in amongst a bunch of black squares against this plain white background. Yeah. And it's not great for being able to pick out what's on the screen. There's no background to what you're selecting. There's no like glow or anything like that. It's just the outline turns red. And it's like, honestly, it's like wafer thin. It's weird. It's weird choice. They need to have some sort of accessibility option in there to make it visible. Because my eyesight's not bad. And there's been times where I've sat here trying to figure out what I'm I'm highlighting on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that feels a bit budgety is a bit weird. Um, all the characters on the character select screen and when they see the matchup screens, they just stood really just generic, posing forwards, expressionless on their faces. But these aren't like the character models that are loaded up. It's like a drawing of the character model. And they're just like, just looking straight forward, expressionless, like the Gormless. And it looks really weird because your created wrestlers get a pose. Like when you choose your created wrestler, you can choose what pose they're in. So they'll be on the screen pointing and stuff like that or yeah. looking angry or whatever. So they look out of place then because they look like they've been given more time and effort than the than the actual WWE wrestlers who are all just stood facing dead on. Like nothing's happening. Like none of them have an expression. They don't look angry or anything. They're just, you know, they're not smiling. They're just expressionless, dead face on. It's yeah. weird. Sounds weird. I, I, there's loads of games that do that though. Yeah, I think they're trying to make it. The menus, I think they're trying to go for a minimalist look and maybe that's what they're going for. Yeah, maybe. But it does look... It looks gormless on some. Well, it always looks weird when you've got characters that don't move and don't... Especially when you know what they look like in real life and yeah. they move in real life. Such a personality on the character yeah. screen, you know? But yeah, so far, it's it's better than last year's games. A lot quicker to unlock stuff. A lot quicker to make progress. It sounds like they've got rid of the sinister angle that's infected yeah. a lot of 2K games yeah. this year. I haven't played um, Universe Mode yet, which is like the thing where it's, you play through weeks of shows and oh, you, can, yeah. you can change the matches as you want and all this sort of stuff. It's sort of like a weird sort of management... It's not really a management game, but you can manage the show. Yeah. So you can choose who's feuding with who and who's in what tag team and who's on what show and all this sort of stuff. Who's feuding with who? But um, they usually are buggy messes and yeah. I haven't touched it yet. I will do, but I haven't locked any of the weird extra modes as well. Apparently there's things like cell shading graphics, big head mode, there's a Minecraft I just, I just mode want, apparently. I just want N64 mode. Yeah. Well, there's a Minecraft one where everyone turns blocky. Mm. No, N64. <laughs> no, maybe. Go back to the day. Um, yeah, no mercy, man. Yeah, classic. But yeah, um, it's all right so far. I'll play it more. I need to wrestle more. Yeah. But, um, oh, Tommaso Champa's not in it. That's fucking stupid. He's NXT champion. Who is he? He is a big, tall, skinny man with a massive beard and a bald head. He cool. looks like a homeless person that accidentally walked in, and um, like a homeless crackhead guy. But he's been a massive thing on the show for the last year, and I'm pretty sure he's in last year's game. That's DLC. But um, he's not even in the game this year, which is weird. And he's not going to be in any DLC. Maybe there's some sort of controversy. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he's maybe. a rapist. No, he's not. He's, he's a good guy. Been watching him since he was first getting started, man. Friggin' Fuck back it. in Next the old week days. He'll be on the Me Too movement. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. WSUK19. It's all right this year. Buy it! Maybe. I mean, that's not... Well, I'd go for this over an NBA game at this point. Yeah. New one's a bit sinister with all its friggin' um, mm-hmm. microtransactions and having friggin' like shit tons of product placement all the way through it it's ridiculous but anyway you you review a thing you 
flaccid penis. Cool. Uh, my ref- my first review this week is going to be the film Mandy. 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 Okay, you saved me from something. Um, And then you took it away. So um, I watched Mandy, the new Nicolas Cage film, produced by uh, by um, by uh, Elijah Wood, and directed by that guy with the weird name, the guy who directed something else a few years ago that people liked. I can't remember the name of the guy who directed it. All right, fucking sue me. I don't care. Anyway, so Mandy, Mandy is is a film starring Nicolas Cage. It's red. He is living an idyllic life life in uh, in the 1980s America. They live in the woods. Um, they have a little cabin. Well, back then, all of America was woods, apart yeah. from the cities where it's shootouts true. happened. True. Yeah, it's true. So Red is played by Nicholas Cage. Mandy is played by, uh, by a lady I don't know the name of. Um, one day, Mandy is walking home from a job, working in a shop yeah. in town. What kind of shop? A small shop, like a corner What's shop, but not really a corner shop. All kinds of bits and pieces. Oh, nice. All the bits Could and pieces. Could you get me some Twizzlers? If you, you wanted Twizzlers, but then you also wanted knitting needles Ooh. and potentially a frozen pork cutlet, that's the kind of place where you can get all those things. I could work with those. You can work with those? Yeah. Cool. He's going to make some sort of horrific demon. I want to make myself a... A succubus. Rum ham. <laughs> rum ham. Um, so anyway, so, uh, so yeah, M- uh, Mandy's walking home and she catches the attention of a local... A local religious cult, in particular their leader, mm. who takes a fancy to Mandy. And in their brief moment of eye contact, he decides that he is infatuated with her. Now, Mandy gets home to Red, and, uh, and well, I'm not going to go into spoilers in this. I'm just going to give you a brief outline of what happens to, to cause him to Cosmatos. There you go. Panos Cosmatos is not a real name. Um, anyway, so, uh, so Mandy catches the attention of a religious cult leader. Who, she worked on Tombstone. Oh, there you go. Who asks? Who asks one of his one of his um, his his followers to go and get him Mandy because he is he's madly in love with her. He heard um, the song. Yeah, um, and so all of these people, all of these people from his cult, they go and they grab Mandy, and they tie up Nicholas Cage with barbed wire and they leave him out in the out in the woods. He's tied to a tree. Hot. He can't do anything. All right, um, and while Mandy is inside, they feed her hallucinogens. And have her pricked by this weird bug they keep in oil. It goes very trippy at this point. Um, so she starts hallucinating, and they they take her into the living room where all the all the little fucking delegates and all the little followers sit. And in the middle is the leader of this cult. And it turns out that he used to be a singer in the seventies, so like probably eighteen, sixteen years in this in this film. Um, he used to be a singer in the seventies, and he was failed. Basically, he wasn't very good at it. But he like the, his album is like. Religious music to them. Oh, sweet. You know Charles Manson's album? A bit like it's Charles right. Uh, it's a bit like Charles Manson. But he describes himself He stuff. describes himself as being like the Carpenters, but good. Yeah. That's um, outrageous. The Carpenters are a and, treasure. And so he's he's listening to his music, and Mandy's sitting there. She's tripping out, and, and this music's terrible. And he's in the he's in the height of his trip, because he's obviously taking drugs as well. And and as he reaches his, 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 his uh, plateau... He decides to open his gown and reveal himself to her oh. in his entirety. He decides to expose about the whole film. his soul. Mm. And by soul, I mean dick. Uh. And by dick, I mean Christians in America actually like Brett Kavanaugh. Um, mm. Anyway, so he, he does this and uh, and Mandy starts laughing, which brings brings on his righteous anger in his mind. Righteous. His anger and, and he does something silly. And from there, it is a revenge movie. Nice. I won't reveal any more. 
Yeah. I won't say what happens to cause it to be a revenge movie, but it is incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, but, and I say but, I watched Mandy twice. So I rented it once, and then after renting it, I bought it on VOD. Um, and the reason I did that was after watching it on the rental, because it only gives you 24 hours to watch it after the point where you buy it. So I watched mm. it. I got to the end. I went back a little bit, but then it said that my rental had expired. <laughs> so I can I can go back and watch the bit I wanted to watch again. So I bought it and I watched it Why again. Why would you rent it before you're ready to watch it? Just rent no, no, it no, and no, no, watch no. it. No, like as in I watched it all the way through. Mm. I got to the end, got to the credits, and I wanted to rewatch the end part again. So when it comes to stylistic movies... It, sometimes you have to take a couple of you know you have to take a pass at a moment again so you have to see it again in context if you're simple not if you're simple if it's fucking stupidly stupidly artistic alright anyway so I got to the end I wanted to rewatch the ending because it's, 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 it's strange um, but I couldn't the rental had ended so I just bought it again bought it, well I bought it um, and then just watched it again um, it's it's a great film I don't regret buying it it's sitting there I mean I can watch it whenever I want I f- probably will show it to people because it's one of those weird films that I think would would really it'd be really good with an audience but giving it like watching it in a cinema with people would be wrong because a lot of watching in a cinema you wouldn't have that it, it, it's a weird experience <laughs> it's an watch odd it one. around a campfire <laughs> yeah watch it around a campfire that's you know the Baby Cold Masher 2000 Baby Masher 2000 it isn't it isn't flame retardant, so it will burn. What? Didn't use the R word. <laughs> uh, but Mandy's great. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you've seen the trailers, and there's like all these weird demony people. They aren't demons. It's it's interesting. So they tell you in the beginning, like, he has these, he has followers that he feeds this incredibly strong LSD, and they're so fucking out of their minds that they just started harming themselves. They made themselves these weird demon things. And now they're addicted to this LSD shit and they just drink it. They guzzle it down. Nice. And in one scene, Nicolas Cage finds something. He takes a tiny sip and it just blows his fucking mind. He's just everything like this animated dreamscape. Um, and it's just weird. It's just very strange. But at the same time, Nicolas Cage is great in this. I mean, he's great in everything. He's not great in everything. He's great in this. There's a weird advert for something called Cheddar Goblin. That no. plays partially in the background at one point, and then you see the 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 brand of it, and it's it's just weird. Don't they watch um fucking? They uh, watch a they watch like a B movie. I can't remember the name of it. It's yeah. like a weird one. I remember hearing that there's they they've got freaking old night eighties B movie in a comics. Yeah, when they're watching it, it's a weird scene because they're like, I think they're eating dinner when they're watching. One it. of the ones with thingy in it, isn't yeah. it? That guy who's in all of them. Yeah, um, but <laughs> they're they're eating dinner whilst they're watching it, and they're like. Nicholas Cage is like he's cutting his food and he, he dares not look away from the screen as he's cutting his food and he looks down for a brief second to make sure he's cutting it and then yeah, he puts his food in his mouth like he's still watching and it's just it's nice little bits like that like Nicholas Cage you forget like could act if he wants to and he needs to be in the right he thing he's perfect in every film <laughs> there's a bit in this where he's just fought a bunch of people and he goes and he, he gets like a piece of glass and it's just this weird grey powder. He doesn't know. You don't know if it's cocaine or if it's fucking just like stuffing from the sofa or if it's burnt people. What it is? He just snorts some of it, and you're like, ah, Nicholas Cage has really done that. And some point, it's like, mm. but yeah, no, the film is. It's like I said, it's just strange. Um, I'd recommend it to people. It's a really good film. It's like a Julianne Moore. It's not. It's not perfect. There are still loads of pacing issues, and I think that this is going to be the kind of thing that if you can't get past the first 40 minutes, you're going to force yourself to get through it. 
So if you can't naturally find yourself engaged enough to watch the first 40 minutes, then the end is just going to feel... You're just going to get annoyed. It's like headache-inducing if you have to push your way through it. Um, just because of all the flashing lights. And it's if not you... too hard to watch a film. You just keep looking at a screen. No, no, no. It, I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's colour-corrected. It's like The Hunt for Red October was like the same sort of thing. When it starts going red mm. everywhere. For some reason, I just I zone out. Like, single-colour palettes just kind of do me in. Um, but with this, it was just... I had to see what happened. Mm. I had to see the end. There is some great violence. There's one scene in which someone gets shot in the neck and instead of going down as you expect them to, they just drag the arrow out and then mm. blood sprays, but it's all in black and red profile. Nice. So you just get <laughs> like a ketchup bottle being fucking sprayed out of someone's neck. <laughs> and it's great. And there's a great fight after that as well, which... You it's know. the through the front of his neck. No, no, no. He gets shot from... He's walking along like... Da, 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 da. It's almost like a comedy scene because he's mm. going backwards and forwards in front of this flaming car. Mm. And and on his second pass, he goes, and you think, oh, he's going to get shot in the head. No, he goes for a third pass. And as he goes for his third pass, the arrow just goes through his neck. And it's nice. all in, again, it's all in profile. It's all side on. So the arrow just appears. And, goes, and he's like, <laughs> just starts pulling it through. Oh, you fool. And he goes on to fight. Oh, yeah. Um, but like I said, it's a Julianne Moore. It's interesting. It's so very fucking interesting. But it's, it's also, it's going to be one of those ones that, People are going to love it or they're going to fucking despise it. It's not going to be one of those things that comes down the middle. I loved it, but I can see how someone could despise it. There's just, I think, style over... some people don't like good films. Style over story in some sections. I think it's just... But the director himself is... He he made like a two-person weird indie film before that people love. Beyond the something. Yeah. I've never seen it, but... I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, yeah. So, um, Mandy. It's pretty weird. Check it out. And your review? He was it. He did Beyond the Black Rainbow. That's what it was. I've never seen it. Fucking what? Did you watch your art house cinema? <sighs> Is it art house? I thought it was horror. Sure, why not? I it was if no one watched it, it's art house. Yeah. Terence Malick is re-releasing Tree of Life. I heard in a, a new, new cut. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's going to be a good cut. It's probably going to have to have more mumbling over shots of light coming through trees. Dinosaurs going back in time while Sean Penn. More dinosaur bits. I'll be up for that. He saw Jurassic World and he's like, you know what? I got all this extra dinosaur footage I never used. Let's sort this film out. Let's fix it. He thought to himself, I've got an idea. I'm going to go back in time to before Sean Penn abused Madonna in a hotel room by repeatedly beating her and not allowing her to leave and potentially raping her. He tied her up and hit her with a gun. Yep. Sean Penn's not a good person. Sean Penn is not a good person. But it's okay because Brent Kavanaugh's in power now, so he's going to fix everything. Uh, My aunt loves him. What's yeah, probably does. she probably doesn't even know any of his fucking policies. No, no offense, your mom, you know, your aunt, but she's probably she's not. not very bright. No, um, right. So I'm gonna view. Did I finish watching? What did you finish watching? Power Rangers Dino Thunder. Dino Thunder, Power Rangers Dino no, Thunder, like Tyrannosaur Dino Thunder, Stegosaurus Dino Thunder. That's not the theme tune. Velociraptor. Da, da, season, da, 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 season twelve of Power Rangers. That was Power Rangers Dino Thunder. I've got eleven more to go. Yeah, I'll be ready. Actually, there's going to be a twelfth series next year. So. Is there? Yeah, Beast Morphers next year, isn't it? Ooh! Yeah. So we're gonna get the you're gonna get the other theme song that I love, which is Beast Morphers, Robots in Disguise. Yeah, it's exactly how it goes. Cool. Um yeah, Power Rangers Dino Thunder features the return of everyone's favourite Ranger, Tommy, the Oliver, the former green, white, and red Ranger twice, 
Power Ranger. And basically it's about like a bunch of students and they find like see some gem things and it gives them special powers like they can go fast or turn their skin to rock and shit and all this and they become they can power rangers. They turn their skin to shit. Yeah. Turn their skin Jesus. to shit. And they turn they become power rangers. And then they fight there's all sorts of neat stuff and there's some villain called Mesagog who's like he's like some prehistoric creature thing and there's a secret behind him and all this sort of stuff. And obviously the school principal's also one of the villains because of course she is and no one notices for the whole series. Literally four episodes from the end of the series, Pits on finally goes, hang on a sec, that's that's all, that's that's her. The bad woman with the swords. Yeah. Yeah. Let's finally figure that out towards the end of the series. And then obviously it turns out she's good as well, secretly. Um but yeah, um, Mesogog's quite cool. I like him as a villain. He's like he's very like uh chewing scenery. He's not camp and silly like there's like the bad villain in the previous series was, which had, the previous series had a very Batman the sixties series feel to it. Yeah. There's a lot of camp silliness. Mesogog's more threatening and he tortures his buddies and he's like um, the makeup for him is pretty cool they've like it's really smartly designed like because it's like a helmet thing right and it's yeah. got the jaw bit that's actually attached to the actor's jaw so it moves around properly mm. when he talks there's no animatronics going on and you see like his eyes in the skull but yeah. he's wearing contacts that give him like dinosaur scary eyes and they've like painted up the sides of his cheeks so they look like bits of you know like skin inside a dinosaur's mouth yeah like a t-rex opens its mouth it's got those bits of muscle that stretch Mm -hmm. so the side of his mouth look like that so when he does his talking and he's always over expressing his mouth movements and sticking his tongue out as he talks it gives him this weird like dinosaur look they've given him a couple of like false teeth Mm. on top of the scully teeth yeah so he looks like he's got two rows of teeth and it's like a really interesting makeup and oddly like it's efficient but really nicely done for a low budget Disney series because Disney were not spending money on Power Rangers much like there were Disney execs who couldn't understand why they couldn't just dub Power Rangers the Super Sentai over and just release it and it's like because kids wouldn't watch it yeah they'd hate it yeah <laughs> um, but yeah but Mezogog he's cool I like him as a villain he's a proper he's, he's up there with like Lord Zed as a villain he's one of them Lord Zed cannot be beaten. Yeah, Lord, I, Zed, I is, Lord Zed is the closest thing Power Rangers had to Skeletor yeah, as the know. greatest villain of all time. He's up there. He's the best. Mm. But yeah, it's it's quite cool. It's like, you know, it's all dinosaur power, so we've got to pull back to the original series. Tommy Oliver's there for most of the series. There's there's a story arc that starts about, I think it's like 13, 15 episodes into the series, and he gets frozen in amber for, for a couple of episodes yeah. when he's morphed. And when they break him out of the amber, he can't unmorph. And he stays that way for for like 12 episodes. And so it's just his voice. Yeah. Like, and he's constantly the Black Ranger. And they never answer the question of how he's eating or how he, like, why he can't just take the suit off. They take the helmets off all the time. <laughs> but he's just like, yeah, stuck in his, he can't unmorph. And then after that, they do exactly what they did with Bulk and Skull when Bulk and Skull got turned into chimps. Yeah. They turn him invisible. He's like invisible for an episode. Because his powers are went overload, his abilities turn invisible. Um, so there's like a whole episode where it's like he's, you know, he's still not in the room, and it's blatantly because they didn't want to fly him over again for that part of filming, that block of filming. So they got him to record all his voiceover in the US, probably because they're filming in New Zealand now. Yeah. Um, you and know, then just then just dubbed it. Yeah, dub it all in. So there's like, do it. It gives me the insight that maybe they film Power Rangers in three separate blocks, like they film like. 13 or so episodes in one block, then another like 15, another 15 or something. Chuck it all together, that's the whole series. So they must have sent him home at some point, left him out for the middle block, brought him back for the last block. <laughs> but it's nice to see Tommy though. Everyone yeah. loves Tommy. 
He's in. He's <clears throat> you know. He's he's always looking for work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was in. They did a 25th anniversary episode. I watched I know, a few weeks ago. I, know, yeah. I watched it, and um, it's quite a fun episode. It was just like there's no story to he it. He just appears in the forest. He just turns up. He whizzes in. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> like, I'm Tommy. I'm still the Green Ranger because I fucking. No, he's got killed. everything. He's got a morpher. He had a morpher that was called the like Ultra Morpher or something. Yeah. And he could basically shout the name of whatever ranger he used to be, and it would turn him into that ranger. Cool. So he could like Zeo Red Green Dragon Ranger. Of course, he's got that. Yeah. And he developed it at some point. He's tenured into the fucking. Pro- he's never going to leave. Yeah, he's like that. He's like that. He's like that family Look, member. Man, he became a doctor of paleontology in no. like ten he's... years, but no, seven years between his last appearance in Turbo and his appearance in Dino Thunder. He can figure out a way of making a morpher that lets him access every single power he's ever had before. If he didn't genuinely get a degree in that, <clears throat> he did. He got genuinely got a paleontology degree. Right in real life, he's called, no, because in this show, I was gonna fucking he's called say. Doctor Tommy Oyo and had time I was gonna in that time. Say. To work with a guy called Anton Mercer on dig yeah, sites. Of course he did. To have one of his mates have an accident, right? Mm-hmm. And Anton Mercer turned his back on him oh. and some stuff happened. And they've been separated for years. Okay, I'll tell you on Power Rangers Dino Thunder as well. In the first episode, Tommy yeah. roundhouse kicks a fucking T-Rex in of the face. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. <laughs> and they never answer what's going on with this T-Rex. There's a museum. There's a big old T-Rex outside. It's just like, oh, it's a statue of a T-Rex. Yeah, and then it comes to But it to comes life. to life. Yeah. Happens twice in the series. Of course it does. Never questioned. No one ever goes... I bet Tommy doesn't question she- it, does he? Because Tommy's looking to fucking kick someone in the yeah. face. The only thing he can win against the is a fucking statue. The owned by Anton Mercer. Oh. And no one goes, why did Anton Mercer's museum have a I T-Rex? Want, I wonder who Anton Mercer is going to turn yeah. out to be. It's weird, that. But um, he's actually, he actually comes across like an actor who can act. No, he doesn't. He does. Tommy is not never- Tommy. I'm on about Anton oh, right. Mercer. I was say, yeah. All like, right, there's moments where he's like talking to his son in it, and he's like actually emoting and. Yeah, listen here, son. <laughs> One day you're gonna find out Dad is an evil he's like, genius. Look, man. No, he finds out quite early on. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Um, but Trent, the White Ranger, keeps it a secret for a while. Does he take him into a room and he goes, "Listen, son, listen." No, no, because Trent the White Ranger works with no, the bad no. guys for the whole series. He takes him to a room, and it's like one of those villain rooms where they've just got a little like balcony, and it looks down on a bunch of warehouse. Or no, he's only got villains. the one villain room. So he goes into this. <laughs> he goes into this where this is. This is you know he rents this from Big Yellow. Storage. Oh yeah, he's all, so he goes into. <laughs> goes into. Well, Anton Mercer did have like a um, factory that it was unused. Of course he did. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. So he goes into he's a room there. and there's just a little balcony and there's a ladder that leads down to the ground floor. You have to go down by ladder. There's no catwalks cat or anything. Power Rangers just jump. Yeah. Power Rangers just jump, but Anton, he's taking the sun and he goes, Sam, one day all of this is going to be yours. And he waves his hand and there's just hundreds of drums of nuclear waste bubbling away. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all villain As far no, he keeps as your eyes can layer. see. The monsters in this series, in Nabra Ranger, the monsters are weird mashups of two different things chucked oh, together. I wonder how that happened. Yeah, the nuclear in, waste room. Yeah. He takes them in. But in this, they just have all these jars and all the jars have stuff in them. Like, they'll have, like, a TV remote or something, yeah. or some fucking dinosaur egg or something, yeah. and they just chuck it into this thing and it farts out a monster. There's do one you, episode where they kidnap a teacher and they chuck him in there. Do you remember, do you remember Bill from the Pokemon series? Bill? Yeah. This is this is going to be going back. So you re- you've played Pokemon Red and Blue. Yeah. yeah. So you remember you go into a house and Oh, the PC, the pig poke, the guy who had the PC. The, the, guy who's, guy. the guy who transforms himself into a Pokemon by accident. Does he? Yeah, do you not no. remember he's become a Pokemon, you have to help him fix it. That doesn't happen in Red and Blue. It does happen in Red and Blue. No, it doesn't. It does happen in Red and Blue. It definitely or doesn't. it's Gold and Silver, I don't know. It doesn't happen in any of them. It's yeah. one of the super early ones. No, it's not nonsense because he goes, he goes, oh, look, I'm a Pokemon. He goes, oh, no, there's a Pokemon I've got to... And it's like, oh, I got mixed with this Pokemon. I was trying to my teleportation machine and... 
And he was That's in the one... fly. Yeah, it was in Pokemon as well. It is in Pokemon as well. Anyway, so few people are going to so remember this. Dino, you don't remember this. You're like Dino Thunder. Than I have, maybe Dino Thunder is decent. Um, it does have an over reliance on clip show episodes. There's, <laughs> there's Power Rangers. Power episodes. Rangers is just a series of clip yeah. shows. But when I say clip shows, they have the 500th episode <laughs> of Power Rangers happens in this series, right? Yeah. And to celebrate the 500th episode. They sit and watch clips of previous series of Power Rangers. This is how they find out that Tommy was a Power Ranger. This is this is like four episodes. <laughs> They're watching a clip show yeah. in which Tommy goes... This is one of the... No, only- Tommy's been kidnapped. Oh, right. And they go in through his files yeah. and they're like, oh, shit, Tommy was a Power Ranger. And then it just carries on. And goes, here's what happened in Turbo, Lightspeed Rescue. They must be the only people in this universe that haven't spoken to Tommy. And the first thing he said is, hey, guess what? I'm a Power Ranger. It gets to the point in the episode where they're like, well, do we know where he is yet? No. Oh, should we just carry on watching the thing? Yeah, sure. Every every other Power Ranger's like, in the first series, like, sorry, in the second series, when he's he's a Power Ranger, every other Power Ranger in social situations is just like, just like, oh, we better get out of here. Something's happening in downtown. And they walk off. And Tommy's always like, Holy shit, guys, there's a monster downtown. He kicks his way out to Kia! Kia's out the door, runs around the corner, doesn't check if anyone's watching, just goes, I'm a fucking Power Ranger! Keeps it secret. Wants- he kept it a secret view. He was four different Power Everyone Rangers. Everyone knew! All the other Rangers knew. He's, he's like that one person. Ernie never knew. He's. He's like that one person, you know, like Flowers for Algernon in the beginning, he thinks he's like, he thinks he's friends with everyone. He's he doesn't have a real parent. Yeah. He's, he's just got... The clip show episodes. The clip show episodes. He's got a retarded The clip show episodes. I'm going to explain something. He's he's mentally challenged. He's not. He, just, he goes around, he doesn't know martial arts. Tommy it's, knows martial arts. It's like that. He's like a black ninja dude after he hits himself in the face with a ninja. Oh, dear. <laughs> you never watched Power Rangers. Kia! Tommy! Tommy goes, Kia! Okay, you get it right. <laughs> Tommy is never going to no, be I'll say about the clip shows. I want to say how clever it is, right? Okay, go. So, one of the clip show episodes. Yeah. So we got that one where they just watched the old clips from previous series. And what was the That's plot how they to celebrated five hundred episodes. What was the plot to it though? What this episode? Yeah. Tommy had been kidnapped, and they're trying to figure out where he is, and they find files on his computer. So they start to watch a bunch of old clips. To find yeah, yeah, yeah. Things. Power Rangers, all very nicely filmed. <laughs> Lord knows how they were filming them. <laughs> All the shots of them being mor- of morphing and stuff. Is he, is he at any of the places from the clips? No, no, no. no, no. He's been kidnapped by Mesodog. Um I think he gets himself free as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. But no, the other clip show episodes, right? Okay. So we've got the one where it's towards the end of the series where they're like, do you remember how we've changed over the year? Fine, that's, that's normal clip show. Yeah. Right? There's one which is like, we're going to attack them in their dreams, but basically the entire episode is using up footage from the Super Sentai series they couldn't be bothered to use for the rest of the series because yeah. it's dreams. Who cares? It goes through like four episodes worth of Sentai footage <laughs> in this dream. So all you've got is shots of them trying to sleep and Mezogod go, we're going to get them in their dreams. Did they try and sleep a lot in the Super Sentai yeah. series? Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> so it's, just, it's just like, it's supposed to be their dreams, isn't it? So it's, it's all Tommy, like, this is weird. Is it the kind of thing where Tommy's still there out of costume? Like, the kind yeah. of seems like, you know what, help you sleep. Kia! No, they're all having nightmares sleep. about monsters beating them up. It's Tommy. But no, the best Every one. Every one of them is Tommy. The best one, though. Really clever episode, this, right? <laughs> so, Blaney, budget saving. <laughs> the Rangers hanging out at the cafe they hang out. It's a cyber cafe, and they've got this new super cable that can get thousands of channels. Cool. And they find a TV show based on Power Rangers. Huh? <gasps> 
and it's fucking Super Sentai, the show that their series is based on. Okay. So they sit and watch an episode, like straight up watch an episode of Super Sentai of Abba Ranger, the series Dino Thunder is based on, <laughs> and it's dubbed over monkey style. So it's all like comedic dubbing, car- you know, they've, they've got yeah. a whole bunch of cartoon voice actors who are like, you know... Is Tommy played by Jamie Kennedy? <laughs> no, it's all Japanese. It's all the Japanese footage. I don't care if it's Japanese. I still imagine he's going to get green screened into every episode. Jamie like, you know- Kennedy was in frigging... Oh, what was it going to be called? The original version of VR Troopers, whatever they were going to call it when it was Metal Heroes, Jamie Kennedy was in that before it actually got kicked off into a show when they made a pilot. Jesus. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy was almost in VR Troopers. He's in Tremors 5 and 6. Do you think they would have made VR Troopers better or worse? Better. (laughs) Does does X to the Jamie Kennedy Y being VR Troopers, is that like a rise? Well, this version, it was going to be called Cybertron. That's what it's called. Uh, And Jason David Frank was going to play the main character. He was going to be... It was just going to be... You remember the first VR Trooper, the main one? The one he never appeared on screen with the other two? Yeah. Because they're from a different Metal Hero series? Yeah. He was going to be that one. It was called Cybertron originally. But Jamie Kennedy was one of the kids in the school. Do you remember, like, in VR Troopers, they would kick the monster to each other? Yeah, between shots. Is that because they (laughs) They weren't in the same show? (laughs) Tommy appeared, though, a bunch of times. Hi, I'm Tommy. I'm a Power Ranger. Tommy was never in it. There's never a crossover in VR Troopers. Tommy's Tommy's seen in every Power Rangers program I've ever watched him going, hey, guys, guess what? Us, the Power Rangers, we need to go defeat a monster. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up, Tommy. Shut the fuck up. Tommy's whole thing in Power Rangers is, I want to do this thing, but I can't do it. And then suddenly I'm the best. That's his whole thing. There's an episode of Power Rangers where he's like, I'm going to go on the football team. And Jason's like, well, don't worry, I've been quarterback for years. I'll train you up and stuff. And at the end of the episode, Tommy's brought out as the new quarterback. And Jason's like, great. He's- it's like, Jason, remember this. In a few months' time, he's going to get new powers. He's the special- Same shit's going to happen to he you is- again. He is the special needs ranger. Poor Jason, man. Tommy Tommy never had powers. This is Okay, so this is my theory Tommy about had Tommy. Powers. This is my theory he had about magical Tommy. powers. This is my theory about Tommy. So, Tommy... Never had powers. He was always like the equal opportunity hire. He's actually got Down syndrome through the whole thing. And he's just, he's just going around in a pair of pyjamas that look like a parry. Because you know he had like that rubber... He summoned a fucking dragon robot. Yeah, but I think they gave it to him like in... You know like how you have safe mode on a PC? He went inside of it and there were just four buttons. And all of them would, would just... It just worked by itself. He didn't do anything. He didn't even go inside it. Do you yeah, have a cockpit? No, the Dragon Zord, Dragon Zord, you don't get inside. He uses his flute knife to yeah. control it and goes. So yeah, so he was, he was. There's an episode when Tommy is invisible and he's in a coma or some shit. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> he's, he's like, having you're still paying me for a full hallucinations. Fucking, I'm getting full money for this episode. I don't care what the plot is. He's doing. in a coma and he has to beat his past selves. Oh, and he has to fight the Green Ranger, White Ranger, and the Red Zeo Ranger without having his powers. Oh shit! But the Green Ranger, when he plays this flute, plays a different tune because Disney didn't want to pay the license for the bit of music from that series. Of Super Even Sentai. though it was definitely open source. Yeah, no, because they 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 doing Disney brought Power Rangers. They didn't buy the rights to the footage from the previous Super Sentai series. So whenever they used, if they did use anything, they had to buy it for that particular episode. It's weird. Um, and also the Green Ranger's costume had changed because they broke the helmet apparently and they had to remake it. Um, Tommy's like, don't worry, I've got one at home. They're like, no, don't fucking stop it. Uh, he does have the helmet now, the one I he's know, in that yeah, series. Like, stop the one that's got the gold bit on the top. Every time Tommy speaks, someone gets so sad, they Tommy's almost good. kill Tommy's himself. Tommy's great. I'm sure Tommy's great. 
It's just the way like he comes in and he goes, he goes, don't worry, they guys. his hairstyle in one episode. I like yeah. the fact that his hair, his ponytail's, his ponytail's getting still. longer, but his hair's receding. No, he's had his hair, his hair's been short for years since Dino Thunder. Short for rude. Yeah, from Dino Thunder. But then they see a photo of him and the Rangers just in costume with their helmets off, like yeah. sitting around. One There's of those promo photos. They've got ponytails. He goes, nice haircut, Tommy. Right. And he goes, and he's like, hey, the, he's like, hey, it was the fashion back then, okay? No, it wasn't. That You're was getting, never the fashion. I think he threatens to give him a bad grade at school because he's no, a teacher at the school. He punches him in the face yeah, and he goes, him fuck him you. Um, he breaks character there's, there's every a, time. Some cool stuff in the series as well. It is just like Black Dynamite in my head. In my head, Power Rangers is just like Black Diamond. <laughs> Dynamite. Like Black Diamond. Someone, someone calls him the... <laughs> he's halfway through. Someone goes, <laughs> someone goes, goes Mm-hmm, Black Diamond. Shaniqua, I know that's fucking you. I don't even turn around. I know it's you. It's you better like shut the Rangers. fuck up. Nothing like Power Rangers. I think that he loses his mind. No. I think he's. I think he's actually got insane. He just he's thinks one of the he's best the Power Rangers. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Everyone loves him. Everyone loves Tommy. He's the default leader of the Power Rangers. Oh yeah, in total. that's what he is. Yeah, he's not the guy. You don't see Jason turning up again, do you? No, you know why? Jason got a real job. No, he became he became firefighter. Yeah, yeah, real job. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, he's a firefighter. Well, there you go. Real yeah. job. Yeah. What did Tommy do? Tommy, he's a mixed martial arts fighter. When has he fought in mixed martial arts? Quite often. He's uh, That's his day job. What is he fighting? I'm looking at this. I'm pride, I think he's done. He fights in Pride. He's done a couple of things. But no, there's some really good stuff in the series, though. There's um little Super Sentai references dotted around. Tommy's got all these folders in one episode of research he's done. It's all the lo- It's got the logos from loads of Super Sentai teams that come before Power Rangers started, which is a neat little... Easter egg for nerds. But yeah, um, decent series. Fun series. Not as goofy as the previous one. Bit more traditional Power Rangers-y. And uh, they get to ride raptors in it, which is fun. So yeah, you review something. You flaccid penis on toast. Okay. My next review uh, is going to be this fight I'm about to watch where Tommy... I'm going to turn this off because I don't want to get distracted while I'm doing the podcast. That'd be a silly thing to do, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. You, you with me? You're yeah, right. I'm waiting for you to get on with your review. No, you're not. You're looking at your phone. What are you doing? Because people are messaging me. It's important. Is it? Yeah. What is it? Um, it's just Kevin telling me what he thought about the new Doctor Who. Oh, right. Great. It's important stuff. Yeah. <sighs> get on with your review. What are you reviewing? I'm going to review a film called Await Further... Uh, wait, what was it? Await Further Updates? Wait further instructions. Oh, wait further instructions. Um, Shudder released a British horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's got Doug Bradley in it. No, not Doug Bradley. It's got Peter Bradley. Douglas Bradley. Who's the guy who was in Doctor Who and also Harry Potter? The old dude. Played the Filch. Filch? Yeah, he was in The Strain as well. No idea. What's his name? Let's have a quick look. No, no idea. One second. Let's just have a quick look. Something Bradley. Is he the main character of this film you watched? No, he plays a racist old man. Well, it doesn't matter then, does it? He's just a side oh, character. Oh, no, Doug Blad- Bradley, Douglas Bradley was Pinhead. Anyway, so um, the film is called um, Await Forever Instructions. Oh, right, finally. There you it's go. about a young man and his girlfriend who are going home to the young man's parents for Christmas. The young man seems hesitant. I wonder why. Uh, it turns out the parents, um, whilst his mum is lovely, She's quite upset that he hasn't been home for three years and hasn't called often enough, so they don't really know what's going on with him. Um, he's almost like a stranger to them. The father is quite regimented due to his upbringing. We find out about more of that from his granddad. The, the boy's granddad, not the dad's granddad. Dad's father. Pop, pop. Uh, who is an ex-military man and has quite uh, right-wing political views. 
Controversial. Controversial. Topical. Topical. You know, they're skirting the lines. They know what's going on. Um, Soon enough, the um, the visiting son is is introducing his girlfriend to everyone. There are some comments made by the granddad. Quite offensive comments. Um, And his sister arrives, and her and she's pregnant, and her her husband, um, who is the father of the the husband, arrive later. No, they all arrive at once. So. All seven of them are in the house, um, and they're looking to spend Christmas together. Um, During Christmas evening, I guess, Christmas evening, on the night of Christmas, uh, basically a fight breaks out late in the afternoon of the sun visiting, and they decide that they're going to leave the next morning, just have Christmas at home alone, because it's not working. Like, Mm. the parents, uh, the granddad's quite racist, the sister is a bit of a fucking moron, she makes a bunch of really shitty comments, and her boyfriend just is an idiot and the dad just has no spine he doesn't defend his son he sort of sees him now more as an estranged son Mm. even though it's only been a few years and in all honesty there are reasons he didn't come home most of them being that he's sort of the black sheep of the family and never really got on with everyone didn't really fit the mould that evening before they can leave they discover the house is covered in a weird um, sort of cabling like very thick um, almost impenetrable cabling they are able to pull them a little bit away but they just immediately retract and they're sort of trapped there and the TV has started showing a message that says await further instructions mm-hmm. um, basically the plot of the film is that they're all trapped within this house together obviously there's tension already because of the way that they act and the way they talk but um, it's dealing with that and also the phrase that start to appear in other people's sort of um, psyche and things like that. So the dad immediately sees the instructions on the TV and he decides, that's it. The TV is sending us messages from whoever's in charge telling us what we need to do. And we need to make sure we follow those instructions or else we're going to, you know, we're yeah, going to find ourselves makes in danger. Sense. Um, Behave yourself. I'm sure it'll all work out fine in the end. So, Just like in Cube. Yeah, it is a bit like and Cube. And Saw. Yeah, it is a bit like Saw. Um, basically, the TV starts sending weirder and weirder instructions. There's stuff like um, at one point... Needles drop down, um, and the needles. The 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 boyfriend, the son's girlfriend is med. She's in medical practice, so she's worked in hospitals and things. She says that the needles are. Um, they look like they've been used, <gasps> but they all contain a green liquid that they're meant to inject themselves with. They look like they've been used, and she's concerned because she doesn't really know why why they would need to inject themselves with these needles. What the cause is, what there are. Um, the dad immediately grabs one to prove to everyone they're safe. He goes and injects himself with it and then sits down. Um, the rest of the family won't do it until they're clean, so he decides to boil them with the liquid inside, which makes no fucking sense to me. It seems pretty stupid, but he does it anyway. Um, and then they all proceed to take them. The The couple are last to take them, and they don't want to do it, but under the duress of everyone else, because there's this looming threat of a virus that's sort of not explained but is explained it's not really there it could be there it might not be there um, they they finally submit and they do it mm. um, that that evening um, you have to describe the whole film well people start dying they start getting weirder instructions they're told to dispose of all the food because food is poison all the food no, no no I'm not I'm going through some of the instructions they get um, they find that water's still running like there's loads of different things that happen that cause more and more tensions mm. at one point one person tries to put their fingers through a slot that appears in the front door that seems to be breathing and there's consequences to that it's just it's like weird mounting issues um and it's 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 a strange little film it's very low budget if you can't tell from the explanation because it doesn't really there's not there's not anything big 
but they do quite a lot with what they've got. Yeah. There's one part where um, where there's a sort of gas that starts coming into the top, and the special effects on on its effects on people. They aren't great, but they're effective. Mm. They do use they use digital effects um, sparingly. And I, I kind of wish they didn't use them all, but I know why. When you've got a lower budget, you don't have to clean up blood. There's set dressing and stuff like yeah. that, and there's a cost to it. Digital blood's easier for smaller productions, so it's fine. Um, and there's just a few things just to get happen. a good JPEG of blood and just yeah. put it on the screen. It's fine. Um, just all Google, all, search all, blood. All in all, it's a weird film. It's an interesting film. I don't think it's really going to reach a wide audience. I think it's going to be one of those things that's like indie... And I don't know how many people reviewed it. I couldn't really find a review. You know, it's already the biggest film of the year. <laughs> Everyone's seen it. I couldn't. I couldn't really find a review for it no. when I found out about it. So I, I had a two month. You know, like Shudder sends you like two month. Here you go. We've missed you. Here's two months. Yeah. I used that, and I, I watched this, and I watched a few other bits. Um, and it was just, it was, it was an odd film. It was the kind of thing where I wanted to... I, I got 40 minutes in... And I, it's one and of the I, films they've produced, because they're making films now, aren't they? Yeah, they're making... This is one they produced. Yeah. This one they produced and made, I think. Or at least they're buying distribution they're buying rights some. for something. Yeah, because the other film that I'm... I think I spoke about it a little while ago called Dead Shack. Mm, don't know. Don't know. Uh, but yeah, that... That's that the one with Shaquille O'Neal's undead. Yeah. He's a zombie. <laughs> that was another one that I, I watched, and that was interesting. And I think that they had a hand in um, a film I watched a few years ago called A Little Bit Zombie. I don't know. Just a little bit zombie. It's an interesting film. It's like, a bit like um, Scott it, Wilson was in Walking Dead when he got bit on the leg and they had to cut his leg off. No, it's a bit like... My now he's fully zombie. It's like My Boyfriend's Back from the mm. from the 80s. Did you see that? No. Does that have... Who, who's in it? Was Robert Zadar in it? No. It's a bit no. like Return of the Living Dead when you've just got the boyfriend character who's slowly becoming a zombie. Ah. It's a bit like that. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, yeah. Await further instructions. It's a really interesting film. If you like Cube, if you like Saw... It's it's good, but if you're not into those, then there's nothing really here for you. Like it's it's one of those films that's frustrating because the dialogue is written so much like stuff that I've experienced with my own family at times, and other times it's completely blown out of proportion. Some characters lose their mind at the, like just at the drop of a hat. Like there's no reason it's for it. They're Americans. No, they're English. It's all set in England. Yeah. So some characters lose their mind at the drop of a hat, and then others Brexit like, voters. They hold yeah. Others ho- hold it together fairly well. Um, <laughs> There's uh, and there's interesting things going on in the background as well. Like there's news, there's news coverage before they're all trapped, and like it, it, there's like a hot rising tension, but they don't explain what it is. Like they're like, oh, this heat wave continues, and then like people are being stabbed and stuff, and they're not really explaining why. And like there's mysterious people disappearances and stuff like that. It's all really interesting, but like they just you can tell they had a wider scope than their budget really allowed. Uh, but yeah, like I said, saw cube, any of those tense little, you know small set thrillers this is the kind of thing that people people would enjoy if they enjoyed those films I, I'm i hesitant to give it a really good score because it's not applicable to everyone there's so few people that but you're not meant to review things based on what everyone no no I know like. but, but like so I, you like for, I liked it I liked it plenty yeah, it doesn't matter if not everyone will like it no no, no like I know, it, I know. That's what you score. No, I liked it plenty I think Ooh. that it you know it was good for what it is it made a lot of mistakes and you know there'll be questionable choices and questionable decisions behind the camera that I think are confusing but all in all it's good it's enjoyable and I think the body of the body of work for these guys in the future is it shows a lot of prospect shows a lot of possibility if they can get more more jobs more ideas I think it's the same screenwriter as it is director and, and producer work with Danny Dyer on something yeah maybe Devil's yeah. Playground get Devil's yeah. Playground 2 going uh, I give it a Paul Bettany what's that one he was in with the 
Zombies. Um, there's Devil's Playground. No. Severance. Doghouse. Doghouse. That's the Doghouse one. is a great film. Yeah. You say that. You say that as if you don't think it's a good film. I'm always like, what's going on in that film? So women become zombies because yeah. of a radio signal. Danny Dyer and his mates are there for a lad's weekend. Stephen Graham. No, not Stephen no. Graham. Who is it? It's one of the Stevens. To um, me, it's Noel Clark's in it. it as well. Noel Clark's in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good film. Good old Noel Clark. Yeah. Uh, who's the who's um, Emily Booth? She's in it. Yeah, I like Emily Booth. She's in it as a cameo. She was in the director's job. She's jo- lovely. She was in the director's film before that, which was Evil Aliens. Yeah, she gets naked and stuff. Did you see Evil Aliens? No. Evil Aliens is really good as well. It's got... I. I've got a brand new combine harvester. Is one of the songs on the soundtrack, and the Classic. scene, the scene Rest that in peace. yeah, Chaz, yeah, Chaz and Dave, or was it uh, Dave? Chaz, I think Chaz. It was, Chaz. was it Chaz? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a scene in which uh, basically it's all set in Wales, and it's about these aliens that fuck people, and then they give birth to tiny aliens, nice. and they start killing people. And there's a scene in which this guy's lost his mind. And he goes into a barn. And he's like, "Fuck! What can I do? What can I do? What can I do?" Oh, Combine Harvester, and he jumps in, and he presses play on the stereo, and the only thing, the only song is, I've got a brand new Combine Harvester on loop as he mows down all these aliens. Just, nice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's nothing like Doghouse. Great, great shout, because that's a good film. All right, and your review? More films should have Danny Dyer in it. I actually, see, I don't, I, I don't disagree Let with him be that. Doctor Who. No, I don't think he could be a Doctor Who. Not yet. Give him, got to get Jodie Whittaker a bit. I genuinely. But have him trying to explain really scientific stuff. Severance, Severance and Doghouse are actually really enjoyable films, yeah. and Danny Dyer is quite good in them. I think when he's playing his type, which is just like pub landlord, he wants to be he wants to be a lad, and maybe he's not quite a lad. Like Mean Machine, he's good in Mean Machine, where he gets picked on by Jason Statham. Was that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember? Do you not remember? There's a trading scene where Je- where where he's I'm like, thinking of Midnight Meat Train. Yeah, you're thinking of Midnight Meat Vinnie Train. Jones. Vinnie Jones. No, Mean Machine's one with Vinnie Jones, a footballer, and he gets caught and he puts him put in prison mm. and he can reduce his sentence if he plays ball against the he plays football against the policeman uh sorry no, the prison guards um but then they decide right before the match they're like they're gonna play fucking day so we've got to oh. play dirtier Ooh. and uh and i remember that um who is so it's who is craig craig craig, craig fairbrass no who craig um the guy from robot wars and from Craig Charles. Craig Charles is in it. He plays yeah. one of the commentators, and the other one is the um, the tall gingery guy from um, from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He's in loads of shit. He played the king in like Clash of the Titans, and he plays a doorman in Kickass. He's like in loads of weird. Sh- he played uh, Doctor Jekyll in uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Reese Evans? No, it's not Reese Evans. The guy who oh, plays no. all those characters. He, he, I remember the interview that I read with him that was in Empire Magazine. He said when Ron Perlman's too rich and he won't play characters covered in CGI or, or makeup they hire me <laughs> that was his one line but yeah him and Craig Charles play the commentators and they're fucking great in Mean Machine they just start getting into when everybody starts rocking they start fighting each other and then immediately they're fine with each other <laughs> but yeah Mean Machine's a good film as well like there's loads of weird British movies that are like low budget but yeah there's a scene where Danny Dyer um, there's a scene where um, Vinnie Jones is explaining moves you can do in football that kind of don't get picked up on like elbows and stuff like that when like you're going for the ball and it's just it's just five minutes of Danny Dyer again like elbowed in the face by Jason Statham and inverted nice. uh, one of my favourites is do you you got to remember you can always go for the two and he stamps on his foot in the boots and then, as he goes down to like so as he like goes down to go and grab his leg Jason Statham just does a side on headbutt and then he <laughs> drops to the floor ah oh, it's a great film Mean Machine's a good shout uh, there should be more films where Danny Dyer gets beaten up by Jason Statham. Yeah. 
If you could make that a double feature with films where Shia LaBeouf gets punched in the face. Oh, Shia LaBeouf's not that bad. He's just a fucking nut job. He's not had a good childhood, I don't think. I think Hollywood fucks people up. What do you mean? He was in Even Stevens. <sighs> yeah, he was. Mm, holes. Mm. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Transformers. Yeah. One, two, and three. There's some holes. Yeah. How good does the new one look? It actually looks good. I don't know. You've got to be hesitant, but... Here's my problem. No, like, Transformers look like Transformers in it. I, I can see what's going on. I don't want to get my hopes up. I think that they've clued John in... John is in it. I don't want to get my hopes up. I think they've clued into the fact that people want to see the old Transformers and they want to see like a big live-action mm. cartoon, but they'll ruin it somehow. 100 percent they'll ruin Michael it. Michael Bay's not touching it, apparently. Oh, Michael Bay's not touching, is he? Oh, yeah. great. That means yeah. that a good director can come in and touch it's it. Travis McKnight. Who? Travis McKnight, he's done films. What's he done? I don't know, off the top of my head. Oh, fuck's sake, I'm gonna do anyway, this. Anyway, I've got review stuff. Yeah, review thing. Um I've been playing Forza Horizon four. Yeah, we just had a go on it, didn't we? Yeah, well I had a go and then yeah, you we... crashed into a bunch of stuff because you're not very good at it. And then you try then you crashed into that same stuff stuff telling me you were gonna do a great job. Well my I didn't have the right tyres. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So the Forza Horizon game's been around for a while now. It was like end of the Xbox 360 gen they started and yeah. moved into Xbox One. Um, and they're just like big old open world, like a lot of racing games are now, big old open world, drive somewhere, do a race, drive somewhere else, do a different race. And it's all built around a festival, but this time it's set in the UK, a weird version of the UK where the only city is Edinburgh and it like somehow stretches from the south of England to the north, but in about 20 miles. It's a weird version of the UK. Yeah. Um, I feel like they've tried to make a map where they're not using locations that you see in other games when they're set in the UK. There's no, like, Stonehenge isn't there and London's not there and or Manchester or anything like that. Um, Edinburgh often gets forgotten when it comes to UK settings and things because they usually they focus on, the you know, London all the time. Mm. But um, you can drive around the Cotswold, you can go up to the Lake District and through Derwent Water area and stuff like that. It's got some nice stuff. It'll be of a coastline thing. Um, but it's a really massive, great big map. And the DLC says it's going to include some extra areas to the map. So I don't know if they're making the map bigger or if they're putting more stuff in what's already there. Yeah. But um, it's a it's a big, bloody big old map. It's a really nice one as well. Um, the big new thing this year is seasons. But it's not what I was expecting. I thought the seasons were going to be like... You know like how you get day-night cycles in games? Yeah. Like I thought it'd be something where like every few day-night cycles it would change the season, but it's not. Each season is one whole week. So um, I think it runs from like Friday through to the following Friday or something like that. And then when you get to the end of that week, it will change to the next season and you'll have new events that are just for that season. Um, that is like, yeah, super, like it's Forza. It's got that racing goodness. Travis. Travis McKnight was yeah. a. Uh, he's mostly been an animator. Is he? Yeah, he was. He did Dia de los Mortos. He did Moon Girl, Coraline, which is great. Yeah. Paranorman, The Box Trolls, and Kubo and the Two Strings, which he directed. Yeah. And Kubo and the Good the Two Strings is actually a really good film. Kubo and the Two Strings is fantastic. It's alright. He's a bit bit. Uh, Paranorman's a kid's film. good as well. Paranorman's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Coraline's still probably my favourite. Cor- he didn't I, direct Coraline. He worked. Yeah, yeah. He was an animator. I would yeah. say that I'd say Paranorman's better than Coraline. I think Coraline the book's better. Mm. Well, I never but, read it. No, can't read. Paranorman was a completely new mm. IP, wasn't it? It's just yeah. really beautiful. I know. Um, yeah, Forza. You get nice stuff. You get James Bond car pack, which is fun. They've got little, like when you go into the Forza Vista mode, you press the explode button, you can see all the guns and stuff pop out of them They'll and skis. Yeah. Um, and there's like a special body kit for the Lotus that turns it into a submarine. <gasps> it puts like the fins on the side of it and the little periscope, and it changes the interior. 
Yeah. To have all the buttons that Bond needs to press. It's weird for that the, the car bit. turns into the 2006 film Submarine, directed by Richard Ayoub. Yeah, it's weird. Very weird. It's very small. I don't know how Bond fit in it, especially Roger Moore when his girth was expanding. It is. It, ju- it just it opens the case up, right? And then yeah. you see all the guns pop out that yeah, are in the yeah, case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the disc, disc falls on the floor. Disc, no, the disc shoots. the little hole thing's broken. The, the disc shoots out and then a Cenobite comes along and he's like, thank you. And yeah. like, just he goes. That and shit Cenobite everyone remembers. Yeah. It sucked. From Hellraiser 3, Hell yeah. Earth. Yeah. yeah. CD, the DJ. It do you remember the port? The it's port- like all the other ones are like based on some sort of torture, like BDSM no, thing, no. and he's got CDs in his well, face. It, that one, it's all of because they're because they're alive and they don't submit to the box. They're all just victims of murder, so they take on the attributes of whatever they did in life. So you've got you remember the camera guy gets a camera lens, Sucked. and then the smoke. The lady who was the homeless lady that was saved by the main character, she becomes a smoking monster with like a cigarette sitting sticking out of her neck. And so she can smoke all the time. It's easier access. That was the woman from Beetlejuice. No, it wasn't. It was the lady who sorts out all the filing in Beetlejuice. She has smoke coming out of her neck whenever she smokes. Oh, yeah. Classic. No, I thought you meant it was the same actress. Yeah. No. But no. But anyway, Fort Sars was talking about yeah, before we started talking about Hellraiser. Hell free, on Earth. Hell on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a fantastic <laughs> racing game. Like, um,. Yeah, if you've played the Need for Speed games and Burnout Paradise, it, all, it kind of all goes back to Test Drive Unlimited, really, doesn't it, in Burnout Paradise? This whole open-world race events type setting. Yes and no. I, yeah. I, I think Burnout Paradise... Um, Burnout Paradise made it made it what it was. No, like, Burnout Paradise, it, it got rid of a lot of the fans of the Burnout arcade style things. It's an arcade game. It's it? still arcade but there's so much to yeah, like, find Yeah, but I'm talking about races. what made open-world racing games. I'd say Tokyo Drive Unlimited... What? Test Drive Unlimited. Test Drive Unlimited. I'd yeah, that's what I'm saying. Before, Test Drive Unlimited. No, no, but came there was that Tokyo it. game, the, the Tokyo Night Races or whatever it was. Tokyo Highway Battle. Yeah, was it? That wasn't open world. No, Tokyo Highway Challenge was open yeah, world. No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You had like a whole thing. You just drove around and you saw people and you flashed your lights and they're like, okay. It was like one long highway. <laughs> it was still open world. It's not really open. Jesus Christ. But anyway. The gameplay involves the player challenging other drivers on the Shuto Expressway in order to gain... Yeah, one road. Do you know how much how long the Shuto Expressway is? Too long. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. Look, that's the Shuto Expressway. You fucking say it's not long enough. That's an open world. It's one road. That's No, it's hundreds of roads shooting all over the place. You can go from Kinko to Itabashi. 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 24 routes. It's miles and miles of road in which you challenge people to races. Yeah, and you just choose the race and it starts it. No, you flash them and then they... Stop flashing at people. You flash them and then you pull over and, and they tug you off. You it's an undercover they tug car. you off and then you, and then you race them yeah. for your jizz because they steal it. Oh. And their baby smashes two thousand. Oh, no. It's waterproof, so you can put what you want in there. You pack it all in. And then it's done. Yeah. I was trying to talk about Forza. Yeah, sorry. You were saying you were just saying something that was wrong. I had to correct you about Tokyo. Because I didn't have... I never many racing no games. No one remembers that game. I remember. I had it when I was a kid. I've got it. Have you really? Yeah, I've got Can it. Can you play it? No. Oh. Fuck's sake. I'm not plugging an RF Oh, it's on the PSP? Jesus. I'm going to get a PSP just to play this. Oh, God. Anyway, Forza. It's a racing game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks really, really lovely. These days, um, PC. I think if you've got any PCs within the last few years, it'll run at 60 frames per second fine. Um, you might have to cut down the graphics a fair bit to get it there, but you do it. It tends to only stutter when you've got like all the cars on the track or 
you're doing snow levels or, or beach levels because there's like terrain deformation that seems to hit the frame rate a little. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a really nice game. It does eventually, the map does start to fill up with shit. I would like it if there was a way to turn off events you've already completed from the map because it gets really cluttered. Um, but it's, it's really just nicely done. Lots of different styles of things. When you play through the events, you get like these showcases every now and again, which are like one of them you're racing against a freaking giant hovercraft. You know one of those ferry hovercrafts? Yeah. There's ones that just do the overseas trips and all that. And you're just racing against that and it's just ploughing through all sorts of shit. Yeah. Just all over the terrain. Um, there's one so, where you have to race the Scot- the um, flying Scotsman as well. Yeah. That's shooting along the tracks and you're so it's dodging a bit it like, out. It's a bit like the ones on the um, the older games where you used to have to race planes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. they got one where you have to race against a plane. So Delta Wing, like, you know, the VTOL, VTOL planes flying all over the place. Um, they are sort of all scripted ones, obviously. They're usually like, you know, you're going to win as long as you're fast enough on the right stretch and you don't mess up. Yeah. Um, they, but they're good they're good times. The um, Halo one's quite cool as well. We get to ride yeah, around a Warthog. Warthog yeah. Yeah, it's got fun. Um, but yeah, um, haven't unlocked a new one for ages, so I don't think there is any more. I think I've done all of them. I think there's only like five, which is a bit lame, but yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, fantastic game. Stunning Graphically, racing's fine. Everything's good. You got all the thoughts and stuff you like. The customization, you can customize races as well, so you can choose what time of day they take place at, what season they're at, what cars are in them. Yeah, like to any race basically, um, which is quite cool. And you can share that blueprint online, so other people can race your, your customized ma- races. Yeah. yeah, really good stuff. That's pretty cool. So yeah, Forza, Forza, give it a Forza, 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 Forza. Yeah. What was it available on Xbox One, Windows? <clears throat> yeah. PC, I'll go on PC. Is it uh, is it one of those games that you can play anywhere? Yeah, well, Microsoft's first party ones you can download on Xbox and you can play anywhere. No, well, as long as you've got to connect to a two A TV. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, I need to do stuff to play these anywhere. Yeah, that's bullshit. Do they call it play anywhere? Yeah, but they can literally only play it if you've got connected to a TV. Look, right, I don't it's not like a Switch. I, I don't can play mean- a Switch anywhere. I don't make these, these I can rooms. play a Switch on the toilet. Can't <coughs> play an Xbox on the toilet. I don't make these names up, but they call it Play Anywhere. Dumb fucks. Well, they called the PlayStation one PS Now. Mm, you can download games on that now. Yeah. Bit weird. They finally made it a natural service. Yeah. Woo! But yeah, anyway, thoughts are play it. It's good. It's really good. There's not much else you can say about it. It's racing. You race stuff. You do dirt tracks and things. Nice smudge bladder looks good. It's an advancement over the last game, because the last one... Like, had some frame rate issues and stuff, and this one seems a lot more stable and... Yeah, stuff. It's good. Same. They've always been really customisable games, which is nice. Being yeah. able to tweak it from being very arcade to not arcade having damage be simulation damage or not. It's nice. I love the fact that you gave it its technical name as well, arcade to not arcade Yeah, that's nice. what the sim- <laughs> terms are. <laughs> not arcade is a great yeah. title. <laughs> you play the not arcade game Grand Turismo. <laughs> I did, I did. I played Need for Speed, not Arcadey as well. Need for Speed's Arcadey. No, no, you can turn off Arcadey. You can make yeah. it not Arcadey. I've got Ridge Racer Type 4. Not Ridge Racer Type 4. Ah, oh, Racing Evolved. Oh. That was not Arcadey. No, that was not Arcadey. No. As opposed to Outrun, which is Arcadey. I bought that so I'd have Pac-Man Versus. Nice. Which is, you can get on Switch now. There's is that a Namco, There's a Namco collection on Switch. It's got is Pac-Man it? Versus on it. Is it worth it though, Namco collection? I mean, most not, of the games. It's like full price. Fuck, no. It's only got like seven games. But oh, friggin, um. Well, is the Sorry Capcom is the but it's Capcom, got Pac-Man versus though, man? That game's is the great. Capcom beat 'em up collection getting a physical release? No, I think it did in Japan. Might have All not right. on Switch. I might have to. Oh, not on Switch. Yeah, 
I think it's only got physical release on disc. It's good though. I've got that. I still, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, yeah, you review your thing. Hurry up. I'm going to review Solo, a Han Solo what Star Wars adventure. Ago? God. I watched it in 4K. Did oh, you watch wow. it in 4K? 4K? Yeah, I watched it in the cinema. They play it in 4K. <laughs> anyway, so Han Solo, Solo, a Star Wars story. I don't think anyone knows about this character, Han Solo, in the Star Wars story. I don't think they know much about Han Solo. It's weird they picked Han Solo to be in his own movie, didn't? isn't it? Considering he's not very well known. He's not really done much, Who the is he? fuck is Han Solo? Exactly, I was going to say. Everybody knows Chewie. When I watched the original films, all I wanted to know was Han, how Han Solo got his name. Yeah, I wanted to know how Han got his last name. Yeah. And uh, turns out he got it in a contrived scene in which a man tries to bargain his way through. Just arbitrarily calls him Solo. <laughs> yeah, he just calls him Solo. Yeah. yeah. He tries to bar- bar- bargain his way through and then can't. And then he can. <laughs> End of the scene. Yeah. What a weird film. It's alright. What a weird film. I... I quite liked it. Did not. What? So you fucking much. racist. I liked bits of yeah. it. I did not it's like... It's a big old western film. It's I got did loads not of like western stuff of going it. on. I liked bits of it. I did not mm. like a lot of it. I mostly didn't like Amelia Clark. She was very she bland. No, she was very bland. Mm. And didn't really add much to the story. I did, however, love the female robot lady. And was quite carp when, spoilers, she is shot to Most death. people hate her. She's an SJW robot. I kind of liked that. Yeah. I thought it was silly. Yeah, when well, I mean, freaking Lando's like, what, do you want anything? And he's like, equal rights as for robots. And he's like, fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah, she keeps going about those fucking robot equal rights. I like the fact that, um, that you know, there was a little robot rebellion. Yeah. But then they made the mistake of cutting back to Han Solo. Because yeah. he was more boring in that scene. Every scene that Han Solo's in, he's the most boring part. Nah, <laughs> I like his swagger in it. <laughs> where he's constantly like trying to act like a big man and it never works out. Well, it's like, is he? I didn't yeah. feel like he was trying to act like anything in most of the scenes. He's constantly trying to be the coolest guy in the room. Well, it rarely he's like, happens. He's always going like, I can be a pilot. There's no evidence of that. He can drive a car. He drove a car in the first scene. That was it. That floats. <laughs> he broke it. It's fine. Um, Like, so Han Solo... Solo, a Star Wars movie. Star Wars, the movie. Hmm. It's a weird movie. So, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover is in this, hmm. and he is incredible. Yeah. He's Woody Harrelson is in this, yeah. and he's incredible. Paul Bettany's in this, question mark? Yeah, Paul Bettany's brilliant in the film. Why is he in there? He's like, fucking memorable villain. Like, really good villain. He's only in five minutes. Yeah, and he's terrified. What is he? He's a he's the villain. But what, one of the what is he? What? Like he's covered in these weird scar bits. He's got scars because he's a badass. And when he dies, he becomes dust. See? Yeah, he dries up. No, he's dead. Whatever. Does he constantly have to moisturize? I don't remember that. I don't remember him drying. Yeah, at the up end. Do you know when like, they show his face just lying there? His like scars have all gone grey, and his face has gone grey. He's like, <laughs> he's dead. Now. You go pale when you're dead. You become dust. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the triple, double, quadruple cross at the end. Why did that need to happen? Complicate mass. <laughs> I liked the beginning of the rebellion. I liked that character. They were like, you know, they were interesting. I liked their backstory. I liked the little alien guy who was piloting the plane on the train heist. And then he died. Yeah. He was fun. Yeah, he was fun. I liked when Han Solo was talking to Chewbacca in Wookiees. And he's not like frigging talking to him normally like he always does. He's there going, Aah! 
Yeah, for like three seconds and yeah, stops. It's fucking funny. And then stops forever. <laughs> I like the, just the one time he talks to him. I like the scene where someone who you don't understand and they never have subtitles for has clearer defined goals and beliefs than the main character of the movie. I just here's the problem. Um, I'm sure the actor's fine. He was good in he was good in Hail Caesar. Yeah, he was good in Hail Caesar. He was even it's quite a good stuff. He was different. He wasn't playing Harrison Ford. He was playing his own version of Solo, and it's fine. Did you feel like the film was a bit bipolar? What the films can't be bipolar? They're friggin' films. What do you think that like there was there would seem like there were two different films going on? There was three directors. I know, but there was a funny part, and then there was this like we can't be silly now. And then there's the funny part, and then Woody That's Harrison like is charming nowadays. and kind of funny, and then it suddenly goes, I'm going to kill you all. Yeah. Like, there was a scene in which they're playing 4D chess, and he's fucking with Chewie, and then and then Han Solo comes in, and he makes, like, a joke, or he does something that kind of breaks the tension. Well, not even it's not even tension, it kind of breaks... It just comes in and does, like, something he thinks is charming, and then Woody Harrison goes, Hey! Stop being fucking fun. Stop having fun. It's like, are you just playing chess with fucking mess, Don't mess around. You're messing around too much. But he was messing around with the Chewy. He's got it under control. <laughs> it's kind of a bad Do you know Han Solo got given his gun? Yeah. The gun that we know him for having. Yeah. yeah. You know you know that scene where they're having a shootout and you don't really notice that stuff's happening, but then that's where he gets it from, is it? No, no, he gets it from around the campfire. They give him the gun when they're sitting around the campfire oh, playing I, their mission. I, oh, I couldn't tell the difference between that gun and the gun that he's thrown by uh, by um, Donald Glover. Lando Carizian. It looks exactly the same. Not paying attention. It looks exactly the fucking same. It looks exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, like, they're just... It seemed weird to be watching a film about Han Solo in which I was so uninterested in Han Solo in every scene that everyone around him was more interesting. And every time he said something, I felt like, that's not believable. I don't care about him. In Star Wars? Yeah. You're worried about the believability? No, 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 don't get me wrong. Star Wars is a fantasy film, but it's just This one's a Western. Is it? It's completely, they do a train heist. There's a shootout. There's a freaking... There's a literally a Guns at Dawn shootout at the end of the film. And also, why Darth Maul? Because. And also, they didn't focus on his robot legs. No. <laughs> he had robot legs. They're never going to explain that. <laughs> no. No, because we're supposed to understand that the Clone Wars cartoon is canon. Or was it Clone Wars? No, it wasn't Clone Wars. It was... Rebel- Reb- was Rebels. It, did they do it in Rebels or Clone Wars? Rebels. Because it's like, you know how he got his legs, don't you? No. No, um, so when Darth Maul got chopped in half, he went out a way chute. Apparently the bottom of that pit was a way chute. That's where they just throw their rubbish. Okay. And he ended up eating rats and stuff to survive. He used the force to keep himself from dying. How does he And then his trap? brother found him. Yeah. Somehow, and gave him spider robot legs. The legs split apart. But he was he survived just based on his pure hatred and anger. So... Oh, mad. This is yeah, that's, a that's movie. Canon. This is a movie. Hmm. I would prefer if it was called the Lando Chewy Woody Harrelson movie. The Lando Chewy Woody Harrelson and Han Solo. What you call it? Get rid of Han Solo. Han Chewy and Lando. Get rid of Han Solo. Fun time adventure. Get rid of Han Solo. Comedy variety hour. Lando walks into a bar. Chewy's there. He bets Chewy that he, you know for his bolt caster. And Chewie goes, he's like, yeah, I beat you at cards. And he cheats, but Chewie finds mm. 
the thing, and in the ensuing tension, someone lets off a shot and they have to escape the bar together, and Chewie sort of sticks along for the ride. And then they manage to capture a retarded slave boy. It's calling people... They they find a child oh with learning difficulties on a planet... Jesus Christ. ...who has, who has like, a little ship with people that you can... ...round some Legos, and it's like, who's this dude? He's like, my name's Han... My name's Ian. Solo. Dirty eye around. Okay, Han. Yeah. And Han, what's your last name? Well, I'm on my own. <laughs> and they're just like, how about Solo? And then everyone will be like, wow, that's a really clever way of bringing about his. Okay, his name. so why can his surname just be Solo? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, just to reshoot that scene, it's just like, what's your name? Solo, Han Solo. Okay, cool. Oh, and those <laughs> fucking dice. Yeah, they're still trying to make those dice a thing. Why are they in it? It's it's more the fact that, like, he puts them on the little car and he's like, oh, better risk my life to get these fucking back. But then that you wouldn't be able to see him in The Force Awakens and Last Jedi, because they're a thing now, apparently. No one remembers them from the pre- from the old films. This isn't a good movie. I think they, they weren't even in shot. This isn't a good movie. There are good elements to it. Yeah. How is Donald Glover so good? And, like, I knew more about Donald Glover as a character within five minutes of watching it and his interaction with his robot lady that he was in love with, and I thought was a joke, but he may have actually been in love with her. Yeah, well, she, she says that he's in love with her. Yeah, I know, but I thought it was just her... You know, like, how some she people... Lying. You know how some people <laughs> say, like, you know, oh, I think they're in love with me, but it's really just hubris. In that, like, I thought that was just her being, like, being like, well, you know what, he's, like, gives me all this attention and stuff, just because she was... Seeing it from her, hmm. seeing it from a different perspective. Why would she lie? No, no, no. Do you think droids are capable of lying? <laughs> <laughs> You're turning this into a me. Maybe when she sat there, went, "Look, check it out. Here's my fuckhole." And she just did like, she? Yeah, that was in the film. Definitely did she? Yeah, yeah. She showed it to what's her face, Amelia. And and this Clark. is. This is going to be used as evidence later. Yeah. <laughs> this is where, like, and why did you fuck that machine? It's like, she was yeah. in there. She said, look at my fuck hole in the movie that yeah. I watched. She was yeah. in. And I'll be there. where she got off the chair and just some stuff dripped out. <laughs> but I liked, I, I liked those characters. And I liked, I liked Chewie. And I liked Woody Harrelson. And I liked, Woody Harrelson and Chewie's interaction was like one of the best things of this film, wasn't it? Maybe. Like, he was just, he was just like, oh, Chewie, no, like, come on, because you're, you're key to this. And Han Solo was just sort of like a hanger on. So he kept being really nice to Chewie and then just fucking off hands over. But Han Solo had to be there so the film could happen. I didn't. He just didn't. Just, <laughs> why did he need to be there? Why did they come to me to die? <laughs> um, I can't give this a good score, Ant, because it's not a good movie. Like, it was... At one point I thought I was having fun and then he would appear again. And be like, oh, no. I'm Han Solo. Han Job Solo. <laughs> he's alright. He's fine in that. I think he's alright. He's just so bland. Yeah, you're bland. The whole film's quite bland. What? And because they didn't turn the colours up, they forgot to put the lights on. The other weird thing is, you know in that car chase scene in the beginning, where it's all quite exciting, the music's going? Yeah. Why did they both talk at a low level as if nothing's happening? Like, hey, don't do that, that will kill us. No, I've got a trick for this. No, don't do that, that will kill us. No, I've got a trick, don't worry. Oh, look, he's doing his trick. Let's tried go. spinning, it didn't let's get, let's get out of here. Yes, let us That's leave this vehicle. Like. It's so bland. Are you sure you're not like I'm 100% got sure. brain damage? I'm 100% sure. This isn't a good movie, bud. It's passable. I wanted it. To, well, yeah, but. Yeah, passable's about as good as we can get these passable's days. Passable's anything above a U or an yeah. F. 
This is an E. Oh, <laughs> they took part. Um, all right. I, in all honesty, I mean... Train high sequence is fun. Train high sequence is, is fun. Yeah. Um, the battles, you know where he's part of the Empire and he sees Woody Harrison run out mm. of his six guns. And that's all you see of the Empire for the whole film. That's kind of fun, yeah. And that's all you see of the Empire. So fuck off after that. Good. Um, I mean, like, that girl's speech where you're watching a completely different movie from everything you've watched for the hour and 40 minutes before it, where she's like, they went to my planet, they found a resource that my people used, they decided they wanted all of that resource, and then to make sure no one knew about the resource, they cut out the fucking tons, tongues of every single person on that planet, mm. including the children. And you're like, huh, who are they talking about? It's like, they're talking about whatever it is, the Rising Dawn, what is the name of the... Yeah. Yeah, it's the Empire, basically, isn't it? They're like the criminal cartel, the... Um, yeah, the Empire. Crimson Crimson something. Crimson Dawn? It might have been Crimson Dawn. I yeah. can't remember. But, it wasn't um, that memorable film. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul Bettany's fight at the end. He becomes a ninja. Yeah, because he's an alien or some shit. I don't know. It, I don't know what he yeah, is. It's Paul Bettany. He can do what he feels Paul like. Paul Bettany's like, he's interesting. I just it's wish he was, great I wish he was in the film more. It's fucking terrifying in the film. Why wasn't he in the film more? He's, a, he, in the, he's that sort of person you definitely did, do not want to know. Like, yeah. no matter how much, like, the nicer he is, the worse he would make you feel. Here's the weird thing, like, he's he's intimidating in that scene, just alone. Yeah. Imagine how intimidating he'd be if he was the threat from the beginning. Like, he mm. was the one who was chasing after them. He was the one with her in his arms, like an enforcer for someone higher up, as Han Solo runs towards the Empire stand and goes like, oh, I'm going to go and do this. And also, why does it time jump three years? Why not? Surely he'd keep trying to get back to her. Like, he just seems to have been like, oh, I'm in the Empire now for however long. Well, and she then... said she would be along sooner or later. No, but he joined the Empire. He didn't go along with their plan. a green-skinned he... girl. Who cares? There's just so many holes. Ron Howard's a good director. I like Apollo 13. What is this? He's done other films in Apollo 13. Bucket List? That. Done other films in Bucket List. He's done no, lots of films. Name another film that he's done. He did films. Name another film that yeah. Ron Howard's directed. Um, an episode of Mork and Mindy? No, name another film Ron, How- Ron Howard has directed right now. I can't remember Ron Howard films off the top of my head. <laughs> October Sky? Didn't he do that? October Sky? Yeah. No idea. Um, okay, well I give this... I'm going to give this film... Oh. It's just so fucking hard to come up with a thing that actually works for this. Um, Could be an old and Elric. <laughs> yeah. No, because I don't like him. Oh, and I didn't mind parts of this film. Like, this is the problem. I really fucking... I really like Lando. I really like Chewie. And I really like Woody Harrison. And I didn't like Chewie in any of the other films. I was never that kid that liked Chewie. And in this, I kind of got on with him. Why would you not like Chewie? He just fucking irritated me. But in this, he's good. Um, I'm going to give Chewie's this... Chewie's lovely. No, he's fucking not. He's lovely. I'm going to give this a Nicolas Cage. There you go. Freaking... Freaking Ron Howard. Yeah, you're actually checking this film. He directed a beautiful mind, didn't he? Yeah, did he? How did you you not tell know me. That? You tell me. You couldn't tell me a minute ago. He directed him. Infer- he directed all those bloody oh, Dan Brown yeah, level ones. Yeah, let's rewatch those, shall we? Yeah, Rush. Yeah. Uh, the- he directed the Dilemma. Oh fuck, <laughs> Ron Howard, yeah. you're a bad man. <laughs> Frost Nixon. Um, yeah, like Cinderella I Man. I- Frost Nixon's a great fucking film. So is Cinderella Man. Ransom. Yeah, Mel Gibson film. Yeah, we're just going to scrub that from history, aren't we? Backdraft. Backdraft's a great movie. Willow. Backdraft's the kind Cocoon. of... Cocoon. 
Splash. Backdraft is one of those movies where if someone asks you, can Kurt Russell play Kurt Russell in two timelines? And you can say yes, because Backdraft exists. Backdraft is great. Backdraft is great. Um, yeah, so... Are you even Nicolas Cage? Like, it'll make a bunch of shit. Like, there's just tons of shit in there. But every so often you get an Oscar. Your review, eh? Fine. I'm going to review a fantastic film. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Is, is it fantastic? I don't know. I don't know. What is it? I saw Venom. So this film's been getting like loads of bad reviews all over the place. Oh, I wonder why. And not and usually I'm like, yeah, whatever, like you know, whatever reviews because they do, like they gave GI Joe Retaliation bad reviews and they're wrong. That film's a masterpiece. No, they didn't. Like people that matter didn't. Yeah, us. But um, I actually quite enjoyed it. Like it's full of friggin' contrivances and moments where it feels like the story's just skipping over shit that it should probably mention. That they've kind of feels like they've ADR'd in an, exa- an answer. Where it's just like, you know, Venom's running around. It's like, why are you doing this? Oh, you made me change my mind. Um, but the film's goofy as fuck. Tom Hardy is like constantly mental in the film. Like when he goes in, he goes into full blown crazy person acting at some points. And it reminds me of something Nicolas Cage would do. It's like fantastic. He jumps into a friggin' lobster. Um, like he goes into a restaurant and he's really hungry. He doesn't know why. And he picks up like some lobster and bites. He's like, this is dead. At the rater and just throws it, and then he climbs. He's like burning up, and he climbs into like a uh, the lobster tank in yeah. this posh restaurant, and he's sitting there pulling lobsters out and just eating the lobsters straight from the tank. And he's like, "We need food," and he's like that. He's like, while he's trying to explain to his former girlfriend what's going on at this science lab, and he's just full on crazy person acting. Okay. Like he is nuts in the film. This doesn't sound um, good. To it's me. fantastic. Trust yeah, me. But it doesn't sound good when you watch it. It's like you're just seeing. Like, there's no point in the film. And they try to make him a likable character too much. They give him little traits here and there where he's actually he's morally on just about on the right side of things. Does he ever save the cat? But moment? He does bad moment. No, no, no. He's not that good. Um, a dog dies. Really? Oh, for fuck's sake. Well. I'm not watching this imply, now. Imply Venom takes over a dog at one point. What? <laughs> um, a dog that was barking at him earlier. But it's like this doesn't sound like a likable movie. Nah, it's likable. It's fun. Um, it's dirty and nasty, and it reminds me a lot of those late nineties comic book movies like Spawn and Blade and oh, stuff that's good. like that. Well, at least it's a movie that matches the times. Yeah, because um, that's the thing with Venom. Venom is it's it's a nine it's an eighties and nineties in a time when we've I'm so Deadpool gritty movies, and shit we yeah. should be able to have a Venom movie yeah okay it's, it's one of those ones where it's like I'm so gritty and I, you know I bite people's heads off and shit nibble nibble it. nibble got so much internal pain and anguish it's yeah. one of those characters isn't it um, and it works without Spider-Man surprisingly which is cool it's not surprising they could yeah. have made this work without Spider-Man all he needs really is Venom needs to be angry about something Eddie Brock needs to be angry about something and they work together to be angry about something together or yeah. A symbiote takes over a man, and then he uses that power sometimes for his own game, but most of the time he's just led by a murderous rage. They work as a partners. It's like this sort of like this whole feeling, like they're buddies, and they're learning to work together. Um, Venom Venom starts to like Eddie, and he's like genuinely concerned about Eddie's feelings, but he's still on that sort of wavelength where it's like, so if this guy's a problem, why don't I just bite his head off? And he's like, no, you you can't bite his head off. It'd be bad. <laughs> He's a police officer. I know they're in the way, but don't bite police officers' heads off. It's not cool. Um, but there's like sequence where he's chatting to him and Venom's made his face come out on a tentacle. Thing. I've seen that and in the trailer, yeah. Yeah, it was in the comics. It happens in the yeah. comics as well. But it's like, they, they're being really comic booky and silly, mm. but they're not doing it in a way... I think that's why people don't like it, because the Marvel films are very comic booky in a very 
obvious way. Like they they do the comic book events and they do the big bright colourful costumes and all this sort of stuff. Sometimes sometimes it's fucking colour corrected, but, so it looks grey as shit. Yeah. But these this one's more comic booky in a way that it's just goofy shit and nonsense and Yeah, I think it's I think it's obvious I that like goofy shit. It's obvious that Venom's an eighties character. Yeah. And this is a film based on a nineties script. Some, probably not. I mean, I been, think it's. I think it's based on. An they wanted to make a Venom film for years. Yeah, I know. That's why I say it's based on a nineties script. I'm pretty sure this they is like scrapped that years ago. No, they never scrapped shit. Sony. They keep it for years and then try and fucking make mm. it. But it. I. I've heard that it feels very much like a nineties film. I haven't seen it. You're only I'm, saying that because it's very like. It doesn't have like the big grand scale. It doesn't have the like all the. Is there a character pause, learns or? how to be great? No, 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 no shit like that. They basically the whole thing is that it literally right from the very start. The first thing you see is a futuristic spaceship, like. So what is what? Uh, let's let's go into spoilers because fuck it. I'm going to ask questions. I'm, I'm probably going to see this. What is the what is the main villain's plan? Don't tell me who the villain is. Just tell me what the plan is. The main villain like runs this big tech company yeah. thing. And his whole plan is to use these alien symbiotes he brought back from space because he knows he figures space is where all the answers to all our problems will be. Yeah, like we've we've checked over Earth, we found a lot of stuff on Earth. We haven't found cures for cancer and stuff, mm. so maybe unknown stuff in space could help us. And at some point, they found a meteorite with some symbiotes on it, and that happens before the film is starts. Is it the Life Foundation or? Yeah, yeah, Life Foundation. Oh, okay, yeah. so from the comics, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, makes okay. you think you could watch that film Life beforehand, and <laughs> that's the prequel. <laughs> that but might actually they, be a prequel. To yeah, this. but they crash the spaceship, and one of the ra- one of the um, astronauts is called Jameson, but he's like, you don't know if he dies. You know, it's never really clear whether or not this symbiote he's got in him dies or not. Something broke out, and this symbiote hops from person to person, yeah. until eventually it gets back to the city later, and that that symbiote's riot. Okay. Yeah. So that's the that's sort of like Riot and the leader of the Life Foundation, whatever his name was. They're the main bad guy elements. Okay. Um. So what do they? But at some put- point, Tom Hardy breaks in because he's trying to find the secret of what's been going on. Human testing they've been doing. Yeah. Finds a symbiote thing. Finds a homeless girl he was friends with, and stuff goes nuts. And he takes a symbiote, and it turns out he's a perfect match for the Venom symbiote. Okay. And then they run for it. And he's running. He doesn't know what's happened at this point. He's like jumping up a tree. And he's told he's got a parasite. And he's like, so this parasite, could it like make me jump up a really high tree? He's like, no, no, no. No, It should probably be killing you. Okay. So like in the, like, so Venom's major plan throughout all of the comics. I mean, up until he was good or an anti-hero, anti-hero. His, his, uh, his plan, like even Spider-Man Reign is to open up a thing to let symbiotes in. Like, that's what he wants to do. He just wants to make the planet into, like, a No, his plan planet. here is, like, he doesn't really have a plan such. His plan at the start is that he wants to get on a spaceship and go get more symbiotes. But then when he finds out Riot is around, and he's mm. like, Riot's a lot worse than us, and if Riot goes up there and gets symbiotes and brings them back to Earth, mm. which I'm kind of starting to like, because he quite likes tater tots and chicken and stuff, um, he's decided, you know what, what I'll do, a better idea, we'll stop Riot, kill him, and we'll stay on the earth and we'll be oh, okay. a king here. So like basically. it's Riot's plan in this, not Venom's, so yeah. Riot wants to go up and get okay. Yeah. But it's like that's that only comes in at the very end. Like the film is mostly Eddie Brock being a loser, like figuring out what the shit's going on with his symbiote and going crazy in the process. Um people getting messed up because they keep getting in the way. There's loads of really fun little bits of humour in there. Marvel are never gonna let this be part of the main universe. No, no, probably not. Probably Tom not. Holland is never gonna appear in one of these no, films. No, no, probably not. No. Who cares? Woody Harrison's in at the end. Oh, Woody Harrison's back yeah, in the conversation. Spoil it. Who's he? Oh, he's wearing a clown wig. It's fantastic. Oh, Cassidy. <laughs> but, um, there's like 
there's some really funny moments though, like one where Tom Hardy, where Eddie Brock's in the back of his ex-girlfriend's car. She's, yeah. what's her name? I can't remember her name. Michelle Williams. Yeah. Um, and in his head, Venom's going, you're really sad. Why are you sad? Oh, okay. oh you're sad because you, you messed up everything and ruined me. Why did you never apologise to her? Apologise to her. It's one of those. <laughs> and he gives him relationship advice. There's from a Venom, bit, from yeah. a symbiote. Yeah, at one point the symbiote gets removed from Eddie. Yeah. Um, and it goes through a bunch of things and it ends up on Michelle Williams. Yeah. And she comes, she rescues Eddie in the forest before he's about to be executed by the Life Foundation bad goons and all that. Yeah. Um, and she's like in a Venom. So she's like female Venom. Yeah. And she walks up to him and kisses Eddie and the symbiote goes yeah. morphs back onto him and then at the end of the film they're just sort of like so that kiss was pretty cool wasn't it like yeah it felt good because I mean it, you know because it was you know yeah. Venom it, the, being Venom felt good for a little while that's what she's trying to cover up with and he's like it was his idea it's like, it's just like because <laughs> Venom wanted him to kiss her oh. but I just love the idea that Venom's just like he's a genuine sweetheart towards Eddie because Eddie feeds him and he quite likes Earth now <laughs> So grim, but they've got the this dichotomy between the two pretty well. Like it is constantly, like if there's a line to cross, yeah, Venom's just about on one side or the other, and that's why he's a loser on his Earth because on his planet because he's not as much of an evil git as all the other ones. Yeah, he's like just on the edge of I've being heard bad. He's considered a, a loser on his yeah, planet or something like that. yeah, and Eddie Brock's just on the verge of good, but both of them could cross over at any moment, and that's where it sort of is. They sort of balance on that middle bit. And they're constantly trying to hold the other one. Like, Ed, Venom's trying to push Eddie to do something worse, and Eddie's trying to hold Venom back a little bit. Yeah. And they work together, and there's tendrils and stuff, and bike chases, and it's fun. Um, but yeah, it's honestly, it's just, if you just go into it and just expecting a goofy, schlocky, B movie, dumb bullshit so comic book movie. Basically, what you're saying is you're if, you, if you go in and expect it to be better than DC offerings, but not as good as Marvel. Yeah. The only yeah. DC film I'd put above it is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's good. Shut your tits. We've had, this, we've had this discussion. It's better than Justice League. Yeah, but that's like saying eating a <laughs> shit sandwich is better than just eating shit. Hey, Justice League you can watch. It's a film that exists and it's one that you can watch. Like, I don't have the visceral reaction to that I do to Batman v Superman. They all cause me pain. Justice like, League's not as offensive as the others. No, it's not as not offensive, but it's still pretty fucking Superman, bad. Superman at the end of that. Yeah, but yeah. at what cost? <laughs> But I'll put it on the same sort of level as stuff like Spawn. Like, you don't watch Spawn and expect a really intelligent I kind of like film. Spawn. It's got yeah, Michael Spawn's, Jai White in it. Yeah, Spawn's enjoyable as shit. It's got Michael but Jai it's not a smart film. No, but it doesn't... Like, Spawn doesn't need to because it's... It's, it's, Spawn. it's just Spawn the comic in film form. Yeah, this less violence. It, this isn't Ve- Venom the film. But this Venom is, like, is on that level. It's like... It's yeah. just a fun, schlocky B-movie. It's so With a hundred million dollar budget. Yeah. It's so weird yeah. they did turn around and just say, hey, Tom Hardy wants to be Venom. Can we do Agent Venom? They're like... They could do that next time. Got plenty of time. Oh God, Agent Venom He's would have just been... learning here. Yeah, no, but like, if they could have done Agent Venom, I think that if they got Marvel on board, Marvel would have been like, we'll work a way to get this done. They've if you really want to do to that. This. He's got... Venom's got to become a sort of good guy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's an enjoyable dumb film. Just go in expecting nonsense. I'm glad you enjoyed your nonsense. dumb film because I'm gonna have to talk about one that I didn't enjoy. And I'm gonna I like feel dumb like a films, fucking dad. man. I love dumb films. Yeah. I really love dumb films. You've some of the films I like. What would you say? B movie, comic book movies, like the ones that could qualify as basically being big budget B movies. Yeah, you would definitely put Spawn, Blade, freaking, um, not Blade Two because Blade Two's like a, a Blade Two's a great film. Yeah, B- first Blade, Blade Trinity can suck a dick. Yeah. But Blade Spawn sit around that sort of thing where they're B movies, they just got a budget. Yeah. Um so does anything else fit in there? Yeah. 
you've got I Frankenstein. <laughs> you got Dracula Untold. Yeah. You got your your Last Witch Hunter. I'm talking comic book movies. They are comic book movies. All those are comic book. Last movies. Witch Hunter is not Last Witch yeah, Hunter. Last is Witch literally it's based based on D and D. So yeah, so it could be a, there's a D and D comic. Not book. just D and D. Vin Diesel specific Dungeons and Look, Dragons character. It's pretty fucking great, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. As good as the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah. I like the Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's pretty bad. R.I.P.D. is bad but good. Yeah. Like, R.I.P.D. is better than... than... If you like R.I.P.D., you've got no excuse for not liking Venom. Well, at least R.I.P.D. sticks the landing. Like, it's all that same bad. Like, I've heard Venom, like, it's like got like, it's like three different plots. The thing, people have described it as being Catwoman bad, and they are fucking liars. Yeah, no, nothing's bad. It's Nothing. Catwoman. Steel's better than Catwoman. Steel is Not even Batman v Superman is Catwoman bad. I would, I would pluck my eyes out. <laughs> I would pluck my eyes out sooner than I would watch Catwoman a hundred times. It's like, I would have used to put Batman and Robin as being one of the worst comic book movies, but if I watch that now, I laugh yeah. and enjoy it. Catwoman's got nothing. Like, it is a big pile of shit. I think probably the most... I, I like... I it's like, as bad as... It would be almost as bad as Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, except no. that film does have Chris Pine being friggin' hilarious it's like in Neil it. Neil McDowell in it. What was his name? Was it Chris Pine? Not Chris Pine, was it? Chris, Chris Klein. Chris Klein, yeah. Yeah, and he's amazing in it. Do you know what? He's not bad in Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know you mean, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not bad in that at all. Like, there's... They know what movie they're in. When yeah. they know what movie they're in, Tom Hardy knows what movie he's in. I know he really wanted this to. He wanted this to be like, almost like a horror movie. Yeah. Have you heard they cut forty minutes from it? Yeah, in the there's last no way it was going to be forty two hour forty minute long. No, no, film. no. Like a cut doesn't necessarily mean that there's always there's, forty minutes cut from films. No, but a cut doesn't necessarily mean that they've cut content and not replaced it. Yeah. So it could have been... It's 40. still pretty violent. It's a 15 certificate in the UK. Yeah, I know, but in America, it's like a PG. It's yeah, like a PG-13 with violence in there. They don't care. But you see broken bones sticking through wounds, and you see, like, mangled corpses and stuff. I, just, I don't think I'm going to enjoy that. There's I'm a fair bit of blood. It, like, I'm going to... I'm, um, once I get my pay sword, I'm probably going to get um, Odeon Unlimited. Mm. Because there's, like, a bunch of films coming out in very quick succession over the next 12 months that I'd like to see. And there's loads of weird horror movies as well in between that I want to catch up on. So if I go see one film every two weeks and it pays for itself, because it's only £18 a month. It's like 14 quid for a ticket, that Guildford Odeon. I know. know. So it's you pay £18, you get, you, it's as many films as you want to see. I think the Woking cinema to do one, so I can go after work. Yeah. Woking, if Woking did one was 18 quid, I'd just go for that instead. Yeah, I'd go every week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so is that your review done? Yeah, Venom. It's it's not as bad as people are saying. Uh, it's, look, it's got flaws. You lucked out. You lucked out. <laughs> it's got flaws aplenty, right? You just lucked and out. And I did say, but mess, but it is perfectly... It's better than Iron Man 2 and 4 2. I would put it above I, those no, two because I, I hate those. I, I can't stand those two. Because Iron Man mm. 2 still has... I watched Iron Man 2 the other day. Well, it's my not boy as bad as you remember. 4 2's boring shit. Four two is boring, but it's still not as bad as you remember. There's some great scenes in there. That's the thing though. Like if you take if you take Venom as a scene where Tom Hardy vomits straight into a toilet if, and it's like splat. If you take Venom <laughs> and you take its best scenes and compare them to say the best scenes from Four Two The Dark World, Four Two's gonna win. There's a bit where a little tiny dog runs around and Michelle Williams looks at it and his eyes go <laughs> venomized. <laughs> If you take the best <laughs> scenes in 4-2 against the best scene, even that film, even like the end scene in 4-2, people forget how much fun that is with all the portals and shit going yeah. around. 
and he's got uh, Molonier, magic, uh, Molonier, magic, magic of a kick, Molonier, where he where he Molnier. throws it, yeah, he throws it for a Mew-mew. portal, yeah, and and that goes through, and Cat Denning sees, he goes, meh meh, yeah. The best bit in that film is when he hangs Molnier up on the hook. Yeah, on the, on the hook. Yeah, see, Chris O'Dowd's in it. worthy. Chris O'Dowd's in it, and it's yeah. it's like a pretty fun film. People forget it's got good Venom's bit. fun. Venom's just not as... It's not going to be as good. Trust anyway, me, right, you're going to love the come comedy. On, I need to get this out. This is bad. Yeah, you've only got... Well, we don't want this to be another two-hour podcast. Okay, okay. Well, I'll try and get it done in eight minutes. I'm not going to. Um, all right, so I went to go see The Predator. Oh. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Why did I do this, Anne? So, you know, we were going to go see this together and then worked in payment, all the other shit happened. So it was just like, and I so had to go away. So Tara took me to go see this. And The Predator is a bad movie. Is it? It's a really bad movie. Like, it is unbelievably bad. So Shane Black has made two of my, two of my, probably my favourite films of the last 10 years. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Last Guys. Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is one of my favourite superhero movies, but that's a different thing superhero movies they get bang bang's fantastic superhero movies get like the part of my brain that's just like lights action a a serviceable plot whereas like great movies the last 10 years it's got to be plot script acting action everything's got to be there and it's got to be on point kiss kiss bang bang is one of the funniest smartest film noirs of the last fucking several decades like it's great and the last guys is fucking nice guys the nice guys, sorry, the nice guys, the last guys. Um, the nice guys is Ryan Gosling on point. Who everybody, everybody, no, Ryan Gosling's good. He is fucking. Just phenom- keep away from romantic comedies, please. No, no, Ryan Gosling's been good in romantic comedies. The problem is that people are saying yeah, like, no, "You cried at the Notebook." I fucking hate the Notebook, but that's not a good movie. I'm talking like the United States of Leland. Mm. You know, that's a weird romantic film that has child murder and Chris Klein, oddly enough. Um, you've got um, Lars and the Real Girl, mm. Half Nelson. You know, you've got those films that people... Is that one with Thingy from The Office? Steve Carell? No. He's in a film with Steve Carell, isn't he? Yeah, Crazy Stupid Love, yeah. which is a good film as mm. well. Mm. Emma Stone's in. Um, but yeah, he's he's got his early career when he was doing indie shit and he was really fucking good. Mm. And then you get to a point where he sort of starts re- reaching the mainstream and then he becomes the heartthrob, which was like The Notebook and Crazy Stupid Love and stuff like that. And now he's getting back into the Blade Runners and the fucking... And the stuff that like is really decent. Mm. But this is not... Yeah, why are you talking about Ryan Gosling? This is not the nice guys. Oh. This is not Ryan Gosling. This is not Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe was better in that than he's been for years. American Gangster. is a good Better than he was film. in Man with the Iron Fists. I like him, man. With the office. All right, look, see, look, let's not, but he's not. We're supposed to talk about the Predators. So, anyway, so Shane Black is a great director and a great writer, normally. What we have here is. Helps his mates out sometimes. What we have here is a bad movie. Yeah. What the fuck is he doing? Fred Decker helped write this, who wrote and directed The Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Fred Decker, Monster Squad. Maybe you just didn't get it. Night of the Creeps. They made this. How? The plot to Predator, the Predator, sorry, is that a Predator comes down to Earth. He crash lands, and some of his technology ends up in the hands of Blandy McBlandface, who played Robot Hands in Logan. If you remember Robot Hands, he oh, was yeah. the villain with Robot Hands. Yeah. Garrett Headland. Why the fuck he's the main character, I can never tell you. But anyway, he decides... They couldn't get the guy from Legion. Well, we're going to go into the cast. <laughs> Dan Stevens. We're going to go into the cast into a set in a second because it's fucking interesting. So, um, so he runs quickly to this Mexican place, drops off the helmet, drops off the gun, and sends it to his PO box in America. 
and leaves it there. Mm. Um, he then gets arrested by a by a secret government agency who are testing for aliens and all this other shit and gets put on this van and gets taken away to give a statement. Back home, it turns out his PO box has been shut down, so the post is being redirected directly to his house address. That's not how it works, but that's how it works in this movie. So his kid ends up with the Predator mask and the Predator gun. Okay? Um, his kid has autism, so he's able to reprogram the helmet and use it. Fuck knows. He knows how to do computers. Fuck knows. Autistic kids are clever. Fuck knows. Um, Garrett Hedlund ends up being um, being uh, spoken to by um, Olivia Munn and Sterling K. Brown. You'll remember Sterling K. Brown because he was phenomenal in Hotel Artemis, which I didn't talk about and I've just realised I could have reviewed this week, fuck's sake. Um, but he's a great actor. He's very dynamic. He's got a fucking insane face. He's got like very white eyes and teeth. And so when he's talking, he opens really wide, just looks like a fucking nut job. Uh, but he's great in this. Uh, well, no, he's not great in this. He's terrible in this, but everybody's terrible in this. So he's better than, you know, the normal terrible. Um, but normally he's dynamic. And he's, he's kinetic, and he's a great fucking actor. In this, he has no presence. He's like Garrett Hedlund. So Garrett Hedlund gets chucked on a bus, and on that bus, you've got Alfie Allen, Lily Allen's brother. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you've got Thomas Jane, yeah. one of the best action heroes of the last fucking couple of decades. Stander. Yeah, and you've got Michael Keenan... Peel. Peel. No, no, sorry, you've got, you've got Keenan Michael Key. Yeah. <laughs> you've got Keenan Michael Key. And, and then you've got like two unknowns. There's another. There's another dude. There's a Mexican guy, and, a, and there's another dude. Michael um, Gambon and, and yeah. Laurence Olivier. So <laughs> the problem is in casting. So right now, I just want to quickly touch on this. So Alfie Allen is not a presence. I don't know where they spent money to get him. He doesn't really say very much. I think maybe he's they Irish didn't spend money to get him. That's maybe the not. point. Maybe not. Um, but you know, he's doing Game of Thrones, so get him in there, get him on TV, yeah. whatever. Wasn't his um, dad on Game of Thrones? Fat Les was on Game of Thrones, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. For a bit? Keith Allen. Possibly. Vindaloo yeah. Man. Fat Keith Les. Keith Allen's gross. Um, so, and, all right, so Thomas Jane has Tourette's, which is triggered when he is in high stress situations. A predator would cause that. Yeah, that's how Tourette's works, though, apparently. Yeah. Um, and Keenan Michael Key is. Potentially in a gay relationship with Thomas Jane? Nice. It's not really touched on. I've watched that movie. Apparently they were captured and they're just really good friends, but they're very close. That's okay. And that's not a problem. The problem is that, firstly, I don't know how Tourette's works. And secondly, Keenan Michael Key is a very abusive partner, if that's the case. Because <laughs> he mocks him to get him into a Tourette's rage so that he can break down a door at one point? Yeah, it makes you stronger. Yeah. So, this film's bad, right? Like, it's real bad. I'm probably going to watch it and think it's hilarious. A little predator comes down. That little predator wakes up because they've got him drugged and Olivia Munn's researching him. A baby predator? No, he's just like the normal predator. Oh. And then a big predator who's like 11 foot tall comes down and he's like, i got to kill that little one because he's, he's fucking up stuff. Hmm. And then global warming is why they're here? Yeah. It's making the planet perfect for predators. Yeah, like tropical heat. So they're going to take over the planet? It's okay. We had Predator 1 and 2, don't we? So the original Predator, the original plot. So we're going to go into the original plot because I can't really talk about this film without getting upset and angry. I'm going to tell you what happens to Thomas Jane and Keen, Michael Keen. They'll die. Keen in a second. I, no, I'm going to tell you how they die because you're going to like this. One of them shoots himself in the head. No. I know one of them does. He's got like a... He has the Predator gun. He looks oh, yeah, like, you're, yeah, you're talking about Sterling K. Brown. That's after yeah. the kid uses that same gun to murder a dad and then doesn't think twice about it. Yeah, the little kid with autism murders people and just doesn't feel any remorse. It's funny. It's weird. Uh, so... It's Shane Black being subversive. 
So the original ending was that the smaller predators, after the big predator was released on Earth, the smaller predators, it would turn out there were two types. There's a genetically pure version of the predator, which is the smaller one. Hmm. And then there's the bigger one that keeps injecting themselves with the DNA of their hunts. Yeah. So, you know, they pull out the spine and the skull. It's so they can take DNA samples of the people they defeat oh, right. and use them to improve their hunting ability. Yeah. Even though they're not actually predators, because a predator hunts for food, they're game hunters. Yeah. Which is weird for a film to say in its own movie. You think that would subvert ideas, but it's... No, they just never named it a predator before. They never called it a predator. They just said it was a hunter. Predator was just the name of the movie. But now it's the name of the alien in the movie, which doesn't make sense because it's not a predator. This is a weird movie five Predator movies before this. So the original idea was the little Predators would come down and they'd team up with the humans and they would work together to take down the big Predator. Which yeah. sounds kind of and camp. It sounds camp and stupid and fun, right? Yeah. Can you imagine that? It'd be fun like and also the blood being luminous, it makes sense more to have the action scenes at night. Instead what we've got is one of the worst action scenes I've ever seen. It's all shot at night and it is it's impossible to tell what the fuck is going on half the time. And so <sighs> Thomas Jane, who should have been the lead actor in this film, shouldn't have Tourette, and it should be competently made, but he should be the lead actor. And Keenan-Michael Key, who is actually pretty good in this, should have been like, I don't know, second in command or something. Have him not say a joke the whole way through the film. He can still tell fucking jokes, it doesn't matter. There's there's one scene that made me laugh, and that's when Olivia Munn accidentally shoots herself with a Trent gun. She's been, like, they put her in a hotel room, because they go and get this motel room, and they're all staying in there. And... This the one character the guy I can't remember. He's a Mexican dude. He's he's collected stuff to keep her happy, and he's got like this cup of tea. And they're like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" It's like I made a tea. Women like tea. He's like, and he puts it on the bed, and you're like, "Oh no, that'll spill." And he puts it on like the corner of the dresser. And then like other shit that he's collected is like stuff that he thinks women like. So it's like chocolate and makeup from her bag and shit like that. It's gonna impress her. And oh, he's made like a tin foil unicorn. Oh, nice. <laughs> he puts it down like. Wait, that like, might, she might wake up and think she's an android. No. He makes this tinfoil unicorn. He puts it down on the bed. And he's like, he's like, it's a unicorn. And it's the only well-acted bit of the whole movie is this embarrassed guy going, I thought you might like a unicorn. Because they're all meant to be like mentally disturbed because they're all like PTSD suffering soldiers after war and they've all like... PTSD's hilarious. Yeah. They've all like snapped mentally. So I think his is that he's like constantly nervous and anxious. So he gives it this thing. Uh, But I still want to see a Predator film where Predator lands in a city and then just tries to make it. He gets a job at a nice advertising firm and he's trying to live his oh, life. Oh, the perfect Strangers theme tune stuff playing. Yeah. Sometimes when life is... I would go with... Um, what's that show? The one goes... We're gonna make our dreams come true. Doing it our way. No, I don't know. So anyway... so a bottling plant. So, yeah... So, so yeah, so Thomas Jane and Keenan Michael Key are in the woods... And they're basically, they're trying to lead the Predator away. They see it. It's very dark. So the end scene is fucking near. That's how films are now. It's like 20 minutes of just almost absolute darkness. They realise they can cut like a million from the budget if they just turn the lights off. It is just like watching Alien Revenant. Wait till they find out about day shot as night. (laughs) It's it's almost exactly like Alien vs. Predator Requiem. That dark. Yeah, that film's bad. real difficult to see. I hate that film. I like that film. But I like that film because I think it's as... It's as good as you're going to get with Alien vs. Predator films. The one before, it's bad. No, it's so bad. It's not a good film at all. No, the second one's better. Uh, anyway, so um, so so Keenan Michael Key and Thomas Jane are in the woods. 
And the Predator knocks Thomas Jane so hard that he flies up and just lands on like a, a stick, like a, a, a broken branch. Nice. And is just pinned up in the sky, like 20 foot up in the air. Nice. And then Keenan Michael Key gets annoyed about this and gets shot with one of those, you know, the little hook things that he had in the, se- in the second one, the one he kills yeah. the Jamaican drug lord with. He gets shot with one of those and he's all torn up and he's like, oh, God damn it. And then... They're basically, they've died so they're in an exact line so they can see each other and they both just take out their pistols and are like, we're going to do this? It's like, yeah, they just shoot each other at the same time. Nice. It's just, it's like someone went, well, you know what? What's going to make the least amount of sense? I've got an idea. We'll put one in a tree. How'd you get up there? Pinned. Pinned because he got punched. Over one of How'd you get there? Harpooned? Yeah, and then we'll have him just because they're in love, but we're afraid to say the word gay in this. Uh, well, we'll have them point their guns at each other. They'll just shoot. And then we'll see the predator in a single tear rolls down his cheek yeah, as he's touched by luminous. the instant. It's luminous. It's like orange luminous instead of green luminous. His lips quivering. I don't know why they couldn't just be gay. Just be like kissing each other and like, you like, you know, high five in. You know, just they could be dudes who are in love and show a modicum of infect- affection without being, being like completely friendly. Because they all look like, there's one point where they're talking about it. Like he goes like, oh, what's their deal? Like as if he's scared of them, if they're gay. Mm. And the other guy goes, well, they were just, they've been, you know, through some tough times together and they're just, you know, they're like that. It's like, oh, they're like that. And it's like, yeah, they're like that. And Garrett Hendler's like, oh, they're like that, are they? I'll remember that. <laughs> like, it's weird. The whole film's weird. It doesn't make any fucking sense. How is this written by Shane Black? He wrote Iron Man 3, which is a pretty great movie. And he wrote Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is one of my favourite movies. He's written a lot of movies. Good ones. He wrote the Leaf Weapon films. He wrote Leaf Weapon 1. You won't read great. Leaf Weapon 2. Yeah, it's a great film. Leaf Weapon didn't, 3. He, which Leaf is, Weapon 3. Didn't he? he wrote yeah. Leaf Weapon 4, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Although Leaf Weapon 4, I would say, has one of the most brutal fights where the total the age of the people... Was edited in, to buggery. Yeah, I know, but the end fight, the total age of the people involved in that fight is 150. And there's three Jeez. people. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, the predator. It's just terrible. Don't see it. It's. To- it's, it's it, uh, I wanted to. I wanted to give it something interesting, but it's not Sam Tyler. It's You're not. Saying a I should skip a predator film in the cinemas. Yeah, I've only ever seen Predators in the cinema. I saw Predators in the cinema, and it was great in the cinema. Predators is fun. It's a great film. It ends with the best ending line of any film ever, when Adrian Brody goes, "Right, now let's get off this fucking planet." Yeah, because he just turns this. into Jason Statham. Well, no, his, his voice, let's get off this fucking planet. I need to get a compilation of every time actors turned into Jason Statham. <laughs> like, you remember in Clash of the Titans when Sam Worthington, before they're going to fight Medusa, and Sam Worthington goes, right, now don't look this bitch in the eye. And then they go to fight Medusa. Do you remember and when... one of them looks a bitch in the eye and they turn to stone. In Clash of the Titans, there's a scene where the woodman... There's a man made of wood. Was there? Yeah, do you remember... So it's the, not in the Wrath of the Titans? No, the wizards that replace their limbs with wood. That's Wrath of the Titans. Is it surely. Wrath of the Titans? Not in the first one, not in Clash of the Titans, no. Clash of the, how does Clash of the Titans end? With them fighting the Kraken. Yeah, and he holds the Medusa head up. Yeah. Yeah, in the Medusa scene, where he fights Medusa, the wooden guy, he looks at Medusa and she's like, she's like, and he's turning to stone and then he opens up his chest to explode. You remember? No. You clearly need to rewatch Clash of the Titans. I think you watched the, um, what was it, the fucking terrible film rip-off version of it. Clash of the Titans. <sighs> 2009. I like the original Clash of the Titans because it was a PG and there was boobs in it. I like the original Clash of the Titans because Harry Hamlin has my hair. <laughs> Good Harry Hamlin. I love him. And it had the owl. 
Yeah. Yeah, which is in Clash of the Titans for it like is. one bit. and they go, on the fucking trash. ground. He's like, what piece like, of shit? Fuck you, you son of a bitch. Cock. That you film's don't bad. What, don't know what good is. Yeah. That film's bad. Try watching uh, the sequel. Wow, I don't want to watch Wrath of the Titans. Have you ever seen it? No. It's not very good. No. I can imagine. So, that was, that was going to be a whole franchise. <laughs> anyway, you done? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, okay, awesome. It's Bye. It's Sandler. Thank you for listening to episode 95 of Chris Apocalypse. You can find Anne at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter, mm. on YouTube, your Mellow Gaming, the most popular Mellow Gaming channel in all of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Possibly. You can find me at Crit Apocalypse on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And should we do the giveaway now? Oh, you remembered. I remember the giveaway. Yeah. I remember the giveaway. What is a giveaway? No one cares because so, no one ever listens to this. I mean, like, you know, you could be a little bit more positive about it. Yeah. 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 Right. All yeah. right. Go on. Do you. Do you give away? I don't know if I want to now. What is it? Well, you for spooky, spooky is. Halloween, oh, I no. have a copy of Resident Evil 5 for PS4 to give away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The classic video game Resident Evil 5 on PS4. And for PS4 Pro, I guess. It's got pro-enhanced features. Yeah, people will be rushing to get that. Yeah, I know. They're, right? they're going to listen to two hours of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on, that was worth listening for you the know whole what? thing. For... I'm gonna I'm gonna enter this giveaway. Go on, do what you need. Really. I mean, well, because it's Halloween, I thought it'd be interesting. Yeah, go for it, go for it. If people people would just tweet at you at LV54 Space Monkey. Why me? With with them in their Halloween costumes. It can be it can be from any time, and whoever's the best gets the game. Why me? Because you're better at it than Why I am. Why not at Crit Apocalypse? Because you're better at Twitter than I am. So everybody just tweet at LV54 Space Monkey. You're going to be the judge as well, so you get to pick oh, who wins it. I'll be the one week someone actually listens to this. <laughs> I might tweet just this part of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And yeah. then you could have everyone. So all you need to do is tweet Ant with a picture, your best Halloween, and then we'll and then what we'll do is, because it's a podcast... Will describe the picture that you've picked and what they're dressed as. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I'm sure. Extra yeah. points for Zardos, because that's Anne's favourite film. Mm. You get a picture of you in Zardos. I found out today what? that Sean Connery was originally meant to be Spock's brother in Star Trek V, The Final No. Frontier. His character was going to be called Zar instead of Cybok. Oh. But, um, yeah, for some reason, he just didn't want to do it. Poof, watch out there, of his- Spock! track record of sci-fi movies oh god you don't get to hit a lady in the face yeah doesn't probably, get to star yeah. in his top award winning film yeah. Lady Slap yeah yeah so just tweet at LV54 Space Monkey if you want a chance to win uh, Resident Evil 5 on PS4 I don't know if it's is it region free all PS4 games are region free aren't they yeah so wherever you live and we'll send it to you why will I send it to you <laughs> fucking game <laughs> you can also actually you can oh, share yeah. a video of your costume to Ant you can share via YouTube can't you what you can find Ant at Mellow Gaming if you want to send him a video of your costume if it's something that's more impressive moving you can put videos on Twitter you can put them on Twitter as well but it'd be more funny if you did it via YouTube don't forget to like comment <laughs> subscribe <laughs> I've got a, I've actually got a copy of Resident Evil 5 sealed is ready to go to the winner why why? I don't know. I bought a copy of Resident Evil 5, didn't I? But then they put all the Resident Evil games up for like a tenner. No. And, you know, it's £5 each, or I could have got all three for a tenner. Oh, nice. So I was like, might as well just buy all three. So now I've got a copy of Resident Evil 5 to go away to one of our lucky listeners. 
Lucky. Lucky. Yeah. Resident Evil 5 is a good game. Co-op. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get to pick the winner. So you, if it's something you don't like, if that costume's really shit and you think that's funnier, then you can do that. But remember that you are the sole person responsible. You see that cosplay, the, the black dude did a cosplay as um, He-Man, but he had like a massive fucking afro. No, it that was, sounds amazing. It was amazing. If someone tweets you that picture, do they win? Yeah, sure, if it's them. Yeah, if it's them. <laughs> Here we go, terms and conditions are coming out. They're big meaty. <laughs> if it's not you in the picture, you don't win the prize. Yeah, if you're big do meaty to, What do they do? Do they need to send you a picture of them out of the costume as well? Yeah, yeah. As yeah, much so about in the and out of the costume. Possible, yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. In and out of the costume. We have a copy of today's newspaper. Well, because if you're dressed as He Man, you've got to be dressed as Prince Adam as well. A copy of the newspaper from the day you're sending us your. <laughs> this is already becoming too complicated. Just send us a picture of uh, you in your, in your costume and then we'll, we'll make That's a good waste of all this time. If we get a bunch of listeners from this, because that's how people do it. Yeah, yeah. I'll put giveaway in the hashtag, shall I? Yeah. Yeah. Right, but say goodbye. God bye, say, everyone. Bye. Fuck off. I hope I hope you have a good time. Remember, as always, Trump fucks kids, uh, and also Brent Kavanaugh is a is a sexual offender. He attacks ladies. This is fun. It's a fun way to end the show. Well, I always like to end on a high note. Yeah. How about wait? There you go. <laughs>